0: On today's show, how you doing, Ed? Howard catches up with four-time Grammy winner, singer-songwriter. I'm pretty good, man. And member of the Order of
1: the British Empire, Ed Sheeran. Is it that quick? Yeah. Do you know what? The best songs come in 20 minutes. I love
2: it.
3: I gotta love. Take your
4: time. Don't worry about us.
3: (laughs) No, I have an issue here. What's that? I can't go into it. It's too personal. Sorry, Rob. Oh,
5: yeah.
3: sorry. I have to exclude you. <laughs> no, I got a lot of love here for uh, the bubble, the love sponge impersonator. And so oh. I was uh, talking to bubble, the love sponge impersonator this morning for about a half hour. So I've squandered all my time in prep. You <sighs> oh, know, I like please. to, yeah. I was doing a comparison about Bubba the Love Sponge impersonator on the phone versus Bubba the Love Sponge talking into a microphone. And I think I like him on the phone better.
4: Okay. I. That's what I was doing.
3: That's what I was busy with. That's why.
4: It's better that he's on the phone.
3: Yeah, I like it. I like the you impersonation on the the
4: quality.
3: Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's what I did. I was like, "Let me hear the quality of Bubba the Love Sponge impersonator on the phone versus Bubba testing, the Love Sponge impersonator." Testing. on... One, two, yes, thank you. you it's think important this work.
4: Is just thrown off. No, yeah. even these- this kind of testing goes on.
3: A lot of people don't realize my genius as I. <laughs> listen to the impression over and over again in various incarnations as I prepared it for the air and mastering my craft. No, I was actually talking to Bubba the Love Sponge Impersonator with my own amusement and sitting here and giggling while <laughs> while people waited Amusing for me. Amusing
4: yourself.
3: <laughs> I go, hey, Bubba the Love Sponge Impersonator, let me hear you on the phone, and then you just had me <laughs> laughing. Let me see if I, here, I'll, you, you'll love this. Hey, Bubba the Love Sponge Impersonator, can you call me as opposed to talking to me over the mic? Oh, here he is. Hey, Bubba, how you doing?
6: Bubba loves one show. Hey, Howard, come on, buddy. Didn't we have so much fun yesterday, buddy? Didn't we have so much fun? SiriusXM, Jennifer Witts, you got to get us back on, buddy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I love when... (laughs) Hold on. I love when he um, mentions Jennifer Witts, the woman who (laughs) runs (laughs) SiriusXM. I just love it. Bubba, why are you always
6: mentioning Jennifer? Wow, Witt? That's why you got to get us back on the deal. And hey, we even we even uh, we wrote a song for Jennifer Witz. Hey Ned, sing the song about getting us back on. All right, hit it, boys. Please hire me, Jennifer Witts, Please hire me. I'm poor as shit. Hire me and Tuttle too. Hire me so I don't have to deliver food. (laughs) Come on, Howard. If that doesn't get us back on the damn airwaves, I don't know what's going to get us back on the damn airwaves, Howard.
3: Come on. I know, I know. But I just wanted to say I enjoyed having you on yesterday, and evidently the fans did too. I don't know if you saw the email, but... uh... Uh, they, they, they get a kick we have out. We had a lot of,
6: of uh, army email coming in, a lot of the fans saying they love the deal. They're saying they want the, uh, liquid ass deal. They want the ball shark deal. They want to do, uh, Mace the Puss. I'm
4: serious, Howard?
3: Yeah, I know. To, to move all those uh, bits over to Sirius would be something, especially shock the balls, right?
4: Quite a franchise. Quite a franchise.
3: Yeah, yeah. Hey,
6: Howard, we're doing a shock the ball, shock the puss, double shock ball puss today, Howard. So here, I'll, <laughs> really. Hey, we're gonna shock the balls real quick. Here, here, here uh, Lasker, get the balls out. <laughs> all right, now <laughs> we're gonna shock the puss. All right, now get the puss, and we're gonna shock the puss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're to the ball, shock the push. Shot the ball, shock the foot, Yeah. the ball, the the ball, shock the the to shock the shot the
3: yeah, I mean, the 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 ball, the the shock the Yeah. Please convince Sirius to hire Bubba. We'll all listen to whatever show he does. I feel bad that the man has to resort to delivering food now. People felt oh, bad for you. Oh, it's
4: like a pity thing. They want him yeah. <laughs> not they, to they, have they, to deliver food.
3: You know how our audience can be awfully mean sometimes. They actually <laughs> felt bad for Bubba delivering DoorDash. I mean, they thought it was just uh, remarkable. You that know, That was too uh,
4: much for them. They were like, "We'll we'll listen. Just put him on.
3: Bubba, you still there?
6: Hey, you're still there? Doing, uh, sorry, I was just doing a Doordash deal. I had to deliver a Chick fil A deal over <laughs> here, so I off.
3: Yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I, I guess now you have to split your attention between the show and the Doordash.
6: Yeah, I got the Doordash deal. We got a Grubhub deal too, so I'm doing a Chick fil A. Chick-fil-A. I got a Burger King order going to uh, a guy named Jeffrey. We're going to be dropping that off in about five minutes. We got a, we got that, and then we're going to shock the puss, and then we're going to uh, deliver a cheeseburger deal, and then we're going to shock the balls.
3: Let's see. Uh, I got to tell you though, you're right. Um, first of all, tell Ned he still got it. That was a really good song. And, and and Sirius has zero shows that shock people's balls, and that's a shame. And I'm gonna, I am gonna yeah, talk that to Jennifer Yeah, that niche is with. wide
4: open. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm gonna talk to her about that. Why is no one? I mean, no one. Not even. Um, uh, not even. Uh, what's his name? Who does the sports uh, shocks the balls or the puss? Uh, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Chris Russo. I thought he'd maybe pick that bit up and do that on his show. But uh, anyway. Um, By the way, the fans also thought that King of All Blacks hit a new low when he called in to goof on Bubba's situation. Please remove King of All Blacks from your airwaves. How dare he goof on Bubba? He's a garbage man looking down on a delivery driver trying to make ends meet. Fuck Larry. Um,
6: hey, fuck that. He, by the, fuck all that nonsense, man. Come on, Howard. That's why we got to get back on the deal. Tell people like him, shut the hell up. And if he wants to criticize me, he should hear the uh, alligator dunk tank deal we're doing today. You won't have any bad words to say about me or Nedley Mandingo.
3: By the way, here's the um, clip from yesterday when the actual Bubba told us the news that he was uh, driving for DoorDash in case you missed that are you really working for what is this music i'm hearing thank you <laughs> i don't even know what's going on here bubba took over the show <laughs> are you really working for doordash now
6: well i did during the summer just during the when during high impact covid just leave you could get like nine bucks an, an hour extra for 23 three dollar delivery so i did you know for a while yeah
3: would people freak out when they saw you because i mean you're well known in that area and what what would go no, on
6: they didn't they- I had a mask on. They didn't know who I was. I was pulling up in a 06 ex cop car, Crown Vic. So, you know, no, I didn't get recognized or nothing. I mean, I'm not 6'7 either, though, like you, Howard. I'm just a short, right. portly little guy. There's a million of me in Tampa.
3: <laughs> There's a million guys running around like that.
4: Well, didn't the you... thing that um, he also didn't say, they were doing contactless um, deliveries. So they would call and say your food is outside. So Bubba didn't really have to stand there and hand the food. Oh, is
3: that right? Is that right? Is that what he did? I didn't realize. Well,
4: that's what the deliveries had come to at uh, some Ah. point in COVID.
3: Yeah. Okay. Bubba, the real hold on on one second, Howard. You want an
6: extra ketchup packet deal with the uh, (laughs) with the burger deal? Want an extra? We're out of napkin deals. All right, sorry, Howard. I'm back.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't mean to interrupt your other job. But the real Bubba, actually. Oh, come on, uh, Howard.
6: We got to do uh, double duty work deals here. Come on, because it ain't like the old days. You know, it's the only guys like us. know the damn quarter hour deal, the PPM deal, the Neilson McGillicuddy. Come on, Howard. Uh, okay, okay. The, uh, okay PPM, I hear you. I'm, I'm, trying, trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to, to tell you here. Witch, buddy. You gotta, you gotta witch, I'm you trying. You got to a I'm trying. Come on. <laughs> the come on. Real you the real Bubba. Power. Hey, if you want to hear. Why? Why we got to get back on the deal? Here we're gonna do alligator dunk tank deal right now. We got Big Doug going in the alligator dunk tank. Okay, we'll do we'll Go do ahead. this on serious every day. Hold on. Get in the alligator dunk tank. Big Dog in the tank. Big Dog, Big Doug, poke him in the eyes. Big Dog, Big Doug, you gotta poke the poke the eyes, buddy. <laughs>
3: Ah, hey, that's hey, a good show. Get
6: Diaco on the phone. Get Dr. Diaco. We'll, we'll have uh, Diaco show it up. We'll be fine, that's buddy.
3: a solid, solid show. By the Full way... Of content. Um, Full of content. What I'm trying to tell you, Robin, if you thought it was a shtick, it wasn't. This is um, actual tape of the real Bubba, not fake Bubba, uh, from his show, Delivering DoorDash. They actually recorded it. This was they Bubba at work. They recorded it, okay. They
6: did, yeah. Uh, that was good. Yeah, can you believe it? I'm actually DoorDashing. <laughs> this is my second delivery. I'm headed to a chick to the chick-fil-a on Dale Mabry. Like and then I gotta drop it off to a dude named Matt B. Me and Tyler Tyler really's been killing it, but this is the second time I've been I started door. I started DoorDashing Saturday day. This one pays eight dollars and twenty-six cents. Alright, I got my next order I gotta pick up at Jersey Mike's i pride myself on getting there fast too last order i just got to them they're like oh my god you're like 10 minutes before your post and i'm like please
3: <laughs> well don't forget he's a race he's car too driver. fast <laughs> yeah you can't find that anywhere hey, howard
6: place. how yes. about telling jennifer Witz we could start a doordash deal channel so i'll do live sure. doordash deals and we'll get we'll get our Doordash deal one hundred and two on a uh, uh, series X one hundred and two with the Doordash. I got to tell you, oh, it's,
3: actually, it's actually it's actually it's actually kind of compelling listening to you delivering Doordash. I do like it. You're onto something there. I'll tell you that.
4: Well, I wonder why one um, delivery is nine dollars and one dollar one delivery is eight something. I need all this math explained to me how this works yeah. out.
3: Well, don't ask fake, Bubba. You don't oh, know
4: People don't do
6: the tip deal. You got to get the tip deal. We got a guy that did the 20% tip deal. I said, hey, man, you got to do a, a 25. It's Bubba the Love Sponge. It's rockin' Bubba Clam, buddy. Come on. <laughs>
3: Want to know something? He's on to something. Because you play this tape for some of these college uh, kids who are in college radio. Scare them straight. Get them right out of radio. And... That's
4: right. That's right. That's get a right. real
3: yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, today's class, we will actually, for you communications majors, we're going to play a tape of Bubba the Love Sponge, a highly trained radio guy. Who is now delivering DoorDash? And uh, you watch how quick those kids will switch their major. That's a that's a very very there was a good idea. P.
4: Out of the classroom. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's nobody in the class. There's only like one or two morons left. Um,
6: you know, I thought right. about actually, uh, doing a communication teach deal down at the Tampa University with. Uh, I was going to teach the shit rag waterboard deal. Do you ever hear the shit I, rag waterboard bit no. I do? I'm I take my shit and towel and then I'll get some of the jabronis, maybe like a or one of the guys and I'll, I'll waterboard them with the shit rags. So I, I might oh, teach that yeah. at the uh, university <laughs> deal here for the uh, communication kids.
3: Yeah. I, um, when real Bubba called in yesterday, I actually, <clears throat> I, I, you know, Bubba, you know, he's a free spirit. He says whatever's on his mind. And then, he started saying something about Ronnie's girl getting breast implants and this and that the other From thing. From
4: some doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like what?
3: Yeah, so, it, yeah. And I go, Ronnie's girl, what the fuck? So I, I um, we we call you know somebody called Ronnie, make sure you know it was all right. But Ronnie didn't yeah. mind, right, Ron? What the fuck was that all about? Anyway, I was like, what is Bubba talking about? He's you know. I know it took me a-
4: ten minutes uh, <laughs> running it back in my mind to figure out yeah. what he was saying, Ronbo. Well
6: that's why I, I sent Ronnie another Bubba ring. I sent him another Bubba army ring <laughs> just to apologize for the deal. Come on, Ron. You know I love you, buddy.
3: Ronnie, I was like I was like, what the fuck is Bubba talking about? And then I, I called to make sure it wasn't something private that he put on the
7: No, phone. no, it was fine. Stephanie had talked about it a lot. This was oh. like eleven years ago. Do you had Bubba set up Stephanie's boob implants? No, no, Dr. Diaco did it. Oh, oh, oh!
3: Yeah, Bubba didn't
4: do it. We know that.
7: (laughs) Bubba didn't give her. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Diaco. He does great work. He really does.
3: Wow, I didn't know that. And then when Bubba was blurting that out, I was like, "Hey, wait a second! He's he's fucking up my
7: Ronnie." But he wasn't. No,
4: no, everybody. I think everybody
7: kind of knew about it. Oh, well, we didn't have it
4: on the top of our mind so No, I didn't know.
7: (laughs) Yeah, it was eleven years ago, Robin. I was like. Ronnie might not uh, want that Diaco on the you. Does
6: the uh, double deal knocker deal? He'll, he'll look you up with some good <laughs> double deal knockers, and then he got a uh, dick doctor. Mark, give you the uh, dick pills. You need, a, you need a couple dick pills. <laughs> get a <the> dick heart. <laughs> uh,
7: no, Diaco is really good. He does. He does really good shit, man. His, his oh, surgery.
3: All right, plastic. Surgery. Well, there's Ronnie's endorsement. Doctor Diaco does really good shit. So, yep, d- d-
4: that surgery shit. Yeah, that surgery, surgery. Shit. He does
3: really good shit, man. There's really good. I recommend him highly. He takes a big shit. <laughs> uh, hey, Howard,
6: okay, can you, can you yeah. spare uh, some gas money, buddy? I'm in the middle of a delivery. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on an on empty deal here. No, no. Hey, Bubba, I got to go. Bubba
3: impersonator, I got to go. We'll talk to you later. Got a lot to
6: do. Bubba Love Spud Show, WWBA, Make 20 Deal. We got a Bubba R and Twitch, Make Alicante Deal. We got a Bubba Love Spud Show, BR
4: Bubba. Okay. <laughs> how did Bubba not franchise that whole thing? You know how the morning zoo franchised itself and everybody yeah. was a morning zoo? How did Bubba miss that? He could have had do you mean, like a deal. Oh, the shock he, the
3: balls bit. The yeah, he could have sold balls, that. The shit he could have sold shock the that. balls to the morning <laughs> zoos all around the country. You're right. See, he needs a businesswoman like you at his side.
4: That's right.
3: Yeah. Shock the balls. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is, Robin? A lot of radio stations don't want to run, shock the ball. They, uh, <laughs> that, that's what got in the way. Um, how much bigger did Stephanie go, Ron? As long as I'm not uh, stepping on toes here and revealing any personal information. I don't remember this, that uh, Bubba's guy uh, was uh, doing the surgery. You know what I mean? I don't remember any of this. Really? I really don't. I mean, who remembers yesterday, let alone 11 yeah, years right.
7: ago?
3: Yeah, it was 11 how,
7: how much bigger did she go? Uh, she was very small. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she was like a A B, like real small. And she she's a C. Nice. She That's go the, way to go. That's yeah, the way to yeah, go. That's the way to go. Yeah. Cause even, you know, we, we had a consultation with Diaco. We had, we spent a week of over a week in Florida and, um, he said, you know, he even said he, he's the kind of doctor that, like, he doesn't let, try to let you go too big and look like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Right. He right. tries to do it to proportion it to your body. And uh, yeah, he, he it, it really, really came out good. Really good job. Now, here's
3: what I heard about boob implants that after 10 years, you, gotta get new, you got to get new. They're like tires. You got to rotate them. You got to get new ones. Is, is Stephanie
7: considering getting new ones? Because uh, you, have to, you have to check those titties out. Yeah. Well, so far they've been good. Um, yeah. We're, we're probably going to take a trip down to see him, probably uh, in the springtime. Uh huh. And let him check. Let him check them out. Nice. Leave nice. him to Tampa in the spring. <laughs> well, she, has, she hasn't, you know, she hasn't had any kind of problems or anything of any kind.
4: Yeah, but uh, before yeah. that, you should get them, you know, redone.
3: They say, Jeez. this is what the experts say, that even pre, pre, preemptively, that's what I'm trying yes, to
4: say. Yes, you don't preemptively, want
3: a problem. Yeah, you got to get them checked out. And then they say 10 years, you get, you know, you get get a new set put in. But it's a big pain in the ass. You know, you got to go through enough surgery. but Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? But uh Dr. Diaco will be getting a visit from Ronnie and Stephanie in the uh
7: spring. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> titties. But, but the titties feel natural, huh? Very. That's that's the whole actually, to be honest, they're better now than they were before as far as like sensitivity and everything. Really? No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes women say they lose the sensitivity in the neck. Oh no, she no, she's even better now. She has better what nip
3: What did he do?
4: Did he go in through the nip or under? Under. Under under okay. her uh, under her arm, I think.
3: Nice. Okay. That's yeah. how you save yeah. the nip. I think Dr. Diaco's
7: yeah. on to something there. No, he's great. He's great. He, he, sometimes they... You know, she sometimes was, they uh, she, her surgery took about probably three hours, the whole deal. And then we, she was able to fly home within two days.
3: Well, what they say is sometimes... They take that nip off like a pancake, right? And no, uh, nah, the they air. didn't do that. No, 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 no. He didn't. No. And then they, and they then, weren't touched. And then the women lose the sensitivity in the nip, and right. uh, then you got an issue. No more, you know. You can't get them hot. You got to rub the rub Even, the
7: puss. No, I tell you what, it, it's it's it's
3: it's awesome. <laughs> it's better, believe me. Wow, you could just blow on those things and get her going, huh?
7: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean. <laughs> You touch right on now. those sensitive nipples, she, she, my friend. She, she'll jump right through the ceiling, man. When you touch him now, it's great.
4: Really? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Well, there's an endorsement. Not he's yeah. pretty good with that shit. That's yeah. <laughs> amore's.
7: You're still pretty good with that shit, though, Robin. <laughs> Well, there you go,
3: Ronnie, with the big endorsement of uh, Bubba's guy, Dr. Diaco says uh, the nips are even more sensitive somehow after the surgery. And uh, a lot of times, you hear about these women who are complaining, "I can't, I, I don't feel anything in my nip. They can't feel a thing, and that's a dr- that's a bummer because, like, rubbing a girl's nips—that's a good way to get her going, right? And
7: if yeah. you know, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, definitely. A lot of nipple play here. Nice. Ronnie with the nipple play.
3: Oh yeah, it's the, the nipple, nipple play deal. I'm
4: gonna call him.
3: <laughs> what do you do with those nips? What do you do? You uh,
7: you you uh, kiss them or something? Is that what you do? Little 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 like tip of the tongue action. Right. Nice. You know, very oh, very gosh. gently. You know.
3: Ronnie's and, the man. And then
7: you work, then you work into it. You know. He knows what you he's doing <laughs> with the girls. You get a little more down and dirty.
3: Nice. Is
7: Doctor Diaco doing DoorDash now
3: too, Ron, or is just Bubba? No, no, <laughs> no, no. He's doing get fine. You
4: between deliveries?
7: <laughs> no, he's driving. He's driving around in his his sports cars still, and his fancy watches. He does all kinds of videos on Bubba's. You know, you see uh, on Bubba Army shit, and uh, yeah, he's wow. he's always uh, in his fancy cars and everything, and and he's on his show like like he's like a regular now. Like he, I think he's there like every morning.
4: When does he have time to run his
7: practice? After the show.
3: So on, at
4: noon you can get him. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> really yeah. Bubba, Bubba, goes,
7: Bubba goes and drives DoorDash, and he goes and does surgery. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
3: So what? How did you hook up with Doctor Diaco? In other words, you you know we used to all know Bubba and listen to his show all the Through time. Him. We had Through it here. Bubba. Right. Through Bubba, and, he, and yeah. you called Bubba and say, hey, "Bubba, is this guy really legit? Is he really good? Because Stephanie's yeah. looking for some teddies." And uh, and yep. he said, "Yeah, yep. he gave him the high and recommendation." We, and
7: we didn't we didn't just want to go to anybody you know we didn't know or some shit like that. So we we t- I talked to Bubba and he set up an appointment for us. First, we did a phone hmm. consultation with Diaco, and then we uh, flew down to Tampa. Nice. He's got a beautiful, prep, you know, off it, like a, he's got his own building and he does, you know, it's it's not no schlock shop. It's it's the right. real deal. I don't know.
3: Listen, I know, uh, I can't tell you for sure, but I know Stephanie's got nice teddies. So
7: yeah, there you well,
3: yeah. go. Good they look great. Nice.
4: Yeah. I wouldn't have even known she had them because <laughs> he proportioned them properly.
3: Yep. Absolutely. You know, Robin has natural breasts and they are perfectly proportioned in the That's what most women are going for. They're like, give me the Robin deal. And, uh, you know. Not everybody can take that. No, (laughs) she was blessed, naturally. But a lot of women aren't. And they want the titties because it makes them better in their dress. You need these big tits.
4: Yeah, yeah, their breasts arrive in the room 10 minutes before they do.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you were lucky. Since you're young, your breasts would arrive in the room before you did. (laughs) Robin got a lot of attention from men. Let's just put it that way.
4: Please massage my breast. We absolutely we
3: even
7: went. We went back to visit uh, Baba probably the year after, right? And he—that's when you know he was kind of like—I don't know—he was not in the greatest shape right then. Uh, he was living at, a, at his racetrack.
4: Oh dear! And <laughs> he's had so many different living situations. Yeah, yeah.
7: You know, we had—he has—he has this trailer. I don't know if he still has it, but he had—he had this trailer on his property on the racetrack. And uh, that's where he was living at the time. So we went wow. to visit him in, Oca- in Ocala. That's where his racetrack is. And uh, he go- he goes, uh, let, me see- let me let me see Doctor Diaco's work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what he wanted he Stephanie wanted to he to see- Stephanie take top her
7: top off. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to see Stephanie's tits. <laughs> so what'd you do? Did you show
4: him or no? No, nah, no. Nah, 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 he just nah.
7: you know he was he was busting balls. You know. Right. Right.
3: Jeez. Still
4: had a sense of humor even though he's living at the racetrack. Let me yeah, let me ask you a question for, for real though. Cuz I'm kind of startled by this. You know,
3: what the hell happened? Bubba had that big house down in Tampa, right? Like I mean, he had a nice spread. You saw his house, right, Ron?
7: Yeah, I I was there I've been there a lot of times. Yeah, and didn't it have like a
3: gym and fucking
7: 20 bedrooms? It had, gym, bed it had, a, move, it had yeah. a movie theater upstairs. It had everything, man. He built yeah, jet a skis mansion, out, jet skis in the backyard and everything. It, yeah, man, it was, it was and you, beautiful. And you used to love
3: going down there cause it was fun. I mean, you know, that house was yeah. like a playground, right? Down there in Tampa.
7: Yeah. So yeah. And then we'd he, go on the show and get in trouble with you and you know, <laughs> Yeah, but he said on the air that he didn't even sell the house that they, they came and took it away, away from him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what happened with, you know, his financial situation. Right. I, don't, I don't know it what's it's because of all the lawsuits he was in or whatever. I have no idea. But, uh, and then. Yeah, the last then, so, time I saw him, he was living in. I'm telling you, he was living in a trailer at his racetrack.
3: So that's for real. It's not a shtick. I mean, and sometimes no, I don't know. No, no, that. no, no, no. No, it's real. Aye. So so when you went down to see him at the racetrack. Right. You show up and you're probably like, what the fuck's going on? And then he says, hey, come into my house. And it's a trailer. Like a, like yeah, a, Jeff the a- drunk yeah. kind of situation.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean it's nice. It was set up nice and everything, but uh yeah. And what is it? Him and his son in there in that trailer? No, at the I t- I don't know if his son was living there at the time. At that time it was just him. And it was yeah. like you know, the racetrack is like in the woods in the middle of nowhere. You know, <laughs> oh my it's God. like <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Jeez. nothing you know, I mean there's places around you know, we went to dinner at like this one of these like uh you know, steak places, like, you know, one of those chain joints that
6: Yeah and low run no, kind of place. Like,
7: yeah, you can drive. You know, it's not far, but you could drive to places. But the actual racetrack is in the woods, practically. You know, <laughs> um, and that's where oh that's where goodness. he was living at the time. He's such a character. And so, when you went there, were you
3: planning on staying with him, and then you kind of you kind of did the no, dash out no, no. the door? No, uh,
7: we were we were staying we were staying in um, we were staying in we Uh huh. We took We Say that again. Like we a, lost you for a second. I don't know if I remember right, it was like an hour ride uh, from Tampa. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember exactly. Okay. But we, so we, you we were drove ahead of it. You, you were, we staying were staying in a in hotel.
3: Tampa. Did did Bubba say to you anything like, hey, can I come back to your room
7: and maybe use the shower or something? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> huh? no he, had a shower, he had a shower there and everything. He did? Okay. You know, yeah, he, he had plumbing and everything. He had water. It was, you know, one of those trailer deals.
3: Jesus. And what's the trailer hooked up to? Like just like a like it's not on wheels. It's the it's one of those that are like on cement blocks and then you just kind of hook into the water supply and the electricity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: That's How that's many how it was? H- h- how many bedrooms did it have? Uh, gee, I don't remember. That was a long yeah. time ago. Uh I I'm not it's sure. Like two bedrooms? Probably. Yeah, I think one on each end. And what's
3: it got? Like a little kitchenette in there. It's not even a full little kitchen. kitchen,
7: right? bathroom, shower, the whole deal. You know. You must have been shocked because you'd gone
3: to Did Bubba's he have to mansion. Did you the
4: bathroom while you were there?
7: <laughs> Hell no, he held it in. Uh, he, I'll tell you, Bubba is is crazy. So we went to visit him at the racetracks. So he goes, "Let me show you the property." So this is night. It's, it's it's black, dark. Huh? You're in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah. He has this old broken down truck that he uses at the racetrack there you know, to get around or whatever. He takes us, he says, get in the truck. We get in the truck. You close the door. The door doesn't even close. You have to hold it <laughs> close with your hand. So step, it's like an old pickup truck. And Stephanie's sitting in the middle. I'm sta- sitting by the door and it's a bench seat and I'm holding on close. The door closed. And he's driving like a fucking maniac. And the door's trying to fly open. I almost fell out of the goddamn fucking truck. It was it was insane. So he drives to the he drives us on the property and he shuts the headlights off. And we're oh, driving no. in the pitch black. Oh, no. In the middle of nowhere in the woods. And we you know, I said, dude, you know, like everybody's flipping out here you know, shitting our pants. And he's laughing his ass off. So then he turns the headlights on, turns around. Now he drives back and he drives onto the fucking track with this thing. And it's a dirt track. And he's driving like fucking 90 miles an hour with this thing going around the turns and the door's trying to open. And you're holding, fly you holding the door I'm hold, from fl- I'm holding the fucking door closed for my, for my life, dude. I'm holding <laughs> on for my fucking life. And he's laughing. Isn't this great? Look how I go into the turns and I'm going, dude, I'm going to fall out of the fucking truck. And he's laughing. Now how come yeah, run? Was,
3: how come he can't make any money with this track? I mean, in other words, he's sitting there. He's got—I I, assume—a commercial track where people would pay to drive around and circle, oh, yeah. right?
7: Dude, it's—it's it's a popular place. I mean, he—he he runs some big races there. He runs like na- really? like nationals and like championships. But it's you know, it's it's a different. It's not the top of the line shit. But right. you know, he gets a lot of people coming. You know, he's, he's got concession stands, the whole fucking deal. Really? I mean, he's got to be he, making money with that. He's got to be making some money with that.
3: It sounds like he's not. It sounds like you know you, you don't have money for a house.
4: I guess maybe you know. during where there there weren't races during COVID though. Yeah,
3: yeah, maybe. You know, hey, there you go.
4: That's right.
7: Yeah, during COVID there were. I don't know about his. I mean, I know NASCAR went back in May of last mm-hmm. year, um, but I don't know when his track went back. You know, it was his deal. You know, start it up again. A lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, well, f- you like, like with NASCAR, when they started back, there were no people allowed to go. Right. You only could watch it on TV. You know, they, they weren't letting people in the stands for a long time. So uh, I don't know what it, you know, it must have killed them to lose like two seasons. Yeah. So Bubba,
3: so Bubba must not be getting any money or not a lot of money for the radio show if he's working
7: $9 an hour for uh, DoorDash. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, what he, you know, as far as now, you know, I, I don't question him about that now when I talk to him. Right. Well, you
4: know, when you listen to the show, there sounds like there's 75 people in the studio, too. And he pays he them all. He's making the payroll.
5: Nah. Yeah, he's no, got I a whole... He still,
4: has, he still
7: has re- his regular studio that he used to have. That's still oh, there. Yeah? He's still, as far as I know. So he must pictures be. pictures of the studio, well, you know, outside, I, and all that shit. It's the same building. I warned him. I did say to him at the time. He goes,
3: "You know, I'm building my own studio," and I was like, eh, "What are you doing, building your own studio? What are you going to do with that?" I don't want my own compound. I don't want anybody telling us shit. We're going to do it. And we got our own showers, and he was building like luxury radio studio with showers yeah. and all that. I said, "What do you
7: need all that for?" Yeah, he's got he's got green rooms. He's got the offices in there. He's got everything.
3: Yeah, it was like a whole Bubba empire. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got uh, Bubba
7: gone. He's got you know. He's got everything is set up there you know yeah yeah he had a full he
3: built a room a place with a bubba gun where people could his staff could fight each other <laughs> and bubba sat there like a big king and like had the guys like like he was like the king and those guys were there gladiating you know it was like it yeah. was like game he's of thrones good going dude, on. man
7: i feel i feel yeah. bad for him he's a, he's such a you know comes down to it he's crazy and everything but he's got a heart of gold he's such a nice fucking guy
3: Here's a fact. Lummy, Anna, and Blitz are his regular cast members. And then there's a bunch of guys like, you know,
7: that kind of hang out there too. Yeah, Diaco Diaco hangs out there a lot.
4: Well, I hope Diaco's not asking for money because he's driving around in cars and doing surgery and all that stuff. He's fine.
3: No, I think Diaco (laughs) is, uh, you know, he goes on there for promotional purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I
4: hope. Yeah. (laughs) Because. That I may was be thinking where of the you. money's going if he's paying Diaco.
3: <laughs> I was thinking of you, Ronnie. I was watching a clip on uh, Facebook of uh, a Jason Statham movie. That's when we hypnotized Ronnie to be a woman. He wanted to fuck Jason Statham, if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's your guy. You love Jason Statham movies. Yeah, he's awesome.
7: His movies are great action movies, man.
3: I don't even know which of his movies I was watching because they just show you the clip on Facebook. And it was, you know, one of those where he beats the shit out of, him. he's sitting there, and you know, he's the strong silent type, he's sitting there, he's minding his own business. Three fucking goons come over to him. to so Jason Statham, he's just sitting there minding his own business, and they go, uh, excuse me, you need to come with us, Mr. DeRocco is waiting. Just like that, that's how they deliver the line. You know, like, hey, you need to come with us. You know, right. Like, they
4: don't move their lips.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 You need to come with us. Mr. Du- Mr. DeRocco is waiting. I'm laughing my ass. Mr. DeRocco is waiting. Yeah.
4: Who made up that name?
3: Yeah. Exactly. And Jason Statham's like having none of it. He ain't moving. He ain't doing jack shit. These guys, you know, come on. Let's go. And then, you know, he's next thing, you know, he's taking his fork and sticking in some dude's eye and yeah. beating the fuck. And he ta- takes a knife. He's sticking in a guy's leg. <laughs> you know, he's just like. And you know, who Mr. Durocchio was—he was the guy. I think it's the same actor, the guy from This Is Us who plays the husband. The you don't watch. Oh, this uh,
4: the Ventimiglia guy.
3: Yeah, Ventimiglia guy. The Ventimiglia <laughs> shits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Mister. He's Mister. and he's getting all tough with Jason Statham. You know, trying to tell him what he needs to do. For some reason, everybody needs to have Jason Statham get in line, and he won't get in line, and he beats the fuck out of. Ventamilia, whatever his name is.
4: Yeah, I can't yeah. think of his first name.
3: But I was thinking of Ronnie. I was like, Ronnie wants to fuck this guy. He doesn't want to kill him.
4: <laughs> no, I don't. Want, I don't want to kill. him. Oh, right.
7: oh,
2: oh, 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 oh.
3: I bet you Jason girl. Statham has some sensitive nips. I'll tell you that. I'm a farm girl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> damn right. Farm
0: girl. I'll do anything. All right. Oh, I have a very, very, very like smooth pussy. It doesn't <laughs> bulge out like a lot of them do.
6: <laughs>
3: How's it going in Vegas? I, I hear you're uh, dragging your ass. There. Getting you know, Ronnie's on a different time zone than us, so he's getting yeah. up at like two in the morning to do the show. Be with us. Three fifteen.
7: Three fifteen. I'm up. Three fifteen.
3: Yeah. Too uh, too much or are you you're hanging in there? No,
7: it's fine. No.
3: You're okay. No, I'm fine.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. It's just like, you know, we're still, you know, unpacking here. We're we're like 90% done now. At least I am. Stephanie, oh, please, she's got so much She's never going to finish, right? (laughs) Oh, she's never. Listen, we got this giant walk-in closet in the Uh master bedroom. Yeah. I have one little, like, rack and a shelf. She's got the rest of the whole fucking closet, (laughs) and
0: it to the ceiling. What she got in there? Clothes. We have shoes. And shoes clothes and, and handbags, oh, she, she, and oh, she
4: wears
3: God. all that shit. No, no, <laughs> no
7: exactly.
4: Hell
3: no, <laughs> hell no.
7: I threw, I, uh, I, when we moved, I threw out so much shit, right? And she said, No, I need this, no, I need this, no, I need this, yeah. Like, look, at me, and that drives right. look behind me. Look at all the on the, uh, I guess my, it would be my left, um. That she's got that rack there of books. I mean, books that she had, she never even looks at, but she won't right. get rid of them. She will not get fucking rid of them.
3: You want to know what? She got. You know that drives Ronnie crazy because Ronnie's mom was a like a hoarder. She was like yep. a pack rat. She when Ronnie's mom died, Ron, I remember I, Ronnie and I were hanging out, and Ronnie goes, "You're not gonna believe this shit. I got to go in there." She's got paper bags from when she went. He's like, he found the receipts in the paper bags from the 1950s. I mean, wow. paper bags, she was saying, everything. Dude,
7: I had to go through every one of her bags, paper bags, like purses and shit. I'd find money in them. Like, forget about it. It was insane.
3: Right. And it drove him nuts. So when he sees Stephanie with all those books, and he knows she's not reading any books. You know, wow. people get attached to this shit. Uh, I tell you, man, that Marie Kondo's on the right thing. If that thing if you're not using it and it doesn't bring you joy, get rid, get of, rid it. of it. Yeah, I'm all for that. I love that. Well, maybe I love those her.
4: books bring her joy just looking at them. Yeah,
3: well, I got news that I for you. I think it is. It's bullshit. <laughs> I, it, it, Beth's got a little of that going too because she's good. She she throws out a lot of stuff. But we got um, a library full of books, and I said to her, "Come on, let's go in there." We got, we got these books and you know what these books are? I don't read any books. She doesn't read any books. We used to get books being here on the radio. Anybody wrote a book, they send them to us because they're hoping I read it and I'll talk about it on the air. So that's all put
4: in your library.
3: So we figured, Hey, when people visit us for the summer, when the kids come out here, whatever it is, they could go into this library and pull out a book and have something to read or, you know, it, it was a nice fantasy. I haven't had one visitor come and read a book yet. You know, maybe Beth's father. He'll read a book or two. He likes them. I even said to her, "Let's get, let's go through these books. Let's send them all down to your dad because he loves to read. Book. He'll read any book. He doesn't care as long as he's reading." And I said, "Let's let's just take the boxes of this shit." And the, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it looks good. We got all these books. I go, "Fuck that! I want because if you gave me some room, I could put some other books on there." But I can't get her to do it. She won't get rid of these books. I should just go in and do it myself. She wouldn't even know the difference.
4: She probably wouldn't notice what was gone. No, you couldn't. You got to see. Every shelf's got books flying.
3: I mean, it's not even as organized as what Ronnie's got over his uh, shoulder there. It's like crazy really? amounts
7: of books. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's you don't even know the boxes that he has filled with books still. That are, yeah. Forget it. And you ever see her reading these books? No. Never. She's got, she's got medical books here from what you know, from when you know she went to school for you know, vet tech and all that shit. She never even looks at them anymore, but they're all here. I mean, she's got Dr. Seuss books here.
4: It's fucking ridiculous. She reads Dr. Seuss.
7: <laughs> she's a young I mean, girl. I mean, who knows?
4: Ronnie reads to her. <laughs> yeah, listen.
7: Yeah, I read to her at
3: night, and I put her to sleep. Who cares what she reads? She got sensitive nips. That's what Brian exactly. cares about. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. You don't need books. <laughs> oh man! Hey, whatever happened with the moving company? Fucking up all your stuff?
7: Did you uh, get we're your still money? Working. We're still working on that. I don't. You know, I'll get. I'll get to it. I have a feeling it's might. It's going to turn into a, a big shit deal where I'm gonna, probably going to have to get a lawyer or something.
3: Mm. Um, you know what? Honestly, in, I'm not the, making a joke. Doctor Diaco okay. supposedly says on his website he's a lawyer and a uh, plastic surgeon. Get
4: him! I'm not getting it. No,
3: his I think it's it's his brother's the the lawyer. Oh,
7: is it? Yeah, it yeah. says here he's a lawyer and a and a fucking uh, surgeon. Well, he might probably... be a lo- <laughs> Yeah, huh? I know his brother's a lawyer also, but I didn't know he was a lawyer. I know he's a great doctor. Mm. <laughs> as far um, as I'm
3: Bubba's, Bubba's uh, hooked up with these guys. I I yeah. like a, it's I his like a, I, it's, his I, it's his brother. Hey. It's his brother? Oh, because if I could find yeah, a yeah. surgeon who also could be my who lawyer, it would be a nice. a doctor and
4: a lawyer, yeah. right? <laughs> <That'd
3: be good. laughs> you know, I'm. good. So, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at Ronnie. It looks like he's at the Library of Congress with uh, yeah. all those books Praise behind him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know Ronnie was such a scholar. That, that,
4: don't make too nothing. much noise, Ronnie. You're in a
3: it's library. Like he's <laughs> like a wizard. There's
7: another, there's another <laughs> in the other one of the guest bedrooms, there's another shelf filled with books. Oh, my. Jesus. <laughs> God, they they look like they both have PhDs the way you look at them on <laughs> Zoom.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the books. All right, my man. There he is, there's Rombo. Right, there he is over yeah, in Vegas. Really,
4: were you insured on this move?
7: Yeah. But the, the thing is, there's no there it happened in their building, so they're responsible. Uh, right. No matter what but wouldn't
4: the they, insurance company want to represent you because they don't want to have to pay yeah. out for what this company. Do.
3: There you go. There you go. You don't even have to pay yeah. for a lawyer. You could just tell the insurance company to go after.
7: Right. Right.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you deal with that. No, maybe it'll yeah. work out. All right. I hope so. All oh, right. Now. Rombo. How's the temp? What do you got today?
7: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be 79 today. See, that's nice. Oh, little. Yeah. Oh, it's been gorgeous here. It, dude, I'm not trying, I'm not bullshitting. It, it, the weather has been so good here, like 75, 80 every day, sunny, Uh, like 65 at night, 60. It'll go down maybe in the 50s, but by like 8 o'clock, it's back up near 70. It is great. Are you one of those guys? Do you do what I do when I go down to Florida?
3: I check the weather in New York every day to see how miserable they are.
7: No, no, I haven't checked.
3: No? No. Mm. That's no, my, that was my fine. whole joy. When I got a place in Florida, I used to like wake up in the morning and go, man, it's beautiful. And then I go right on my, my, uh, phone. I Is look at the so temp silly. in New York. And then I go, <laughs> and then I get pissed when I go, people,
4: the temperature in Florida. <laughs>
3: no, no, then I get pissed. I'd be like, hey, it's 75 here, but you know what? It's 68 in New York. That's not big yeah, enough to go get bad. them. Yeah, yeah. Like I could be in New York. What do I need this for?
4: Yeah, Florida right. is not that great in the wintertime. I hate to tell you.
3: No, listen, I know I, I live there. I, I, You know, it's uh, you could have you could have days in Florida. You know, I'm talking about December, January. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, it's not always. That. And I I enjoy that, actually. I don't need every day to be super hot. I'm not like a sun freak. Uh, I just yeah, like we, to, I just don't want to wear a winter coat. Yeah, I just don't want to wear a winter coat. Yeah. Like we went for a walk yesterday, and that chill was in the air, you know, that New York chill. And I was just yeah. like, "Oh fuck, oh, fuck this." You know, what's up, JD? I was. I have a slight correction. So yeah, <laughs> Dan Diaco is a
4: lawyer and a doctor. His brother is also was a, lawyer. a lawyer. But yeah, the Dan Diaco got his uh, f- graduated first in the fall 2016 class at Stetson University College of
3: Law. So yeah, this I is told FD you, JD. <laughs> I told you the guy's a lawyer pl- slash plastic surgeon. And I, I, he's like Bubba's all-purpose guy. you need he the is. titties changed? Go go to this guy. You get you get you get sued. Go to this guy. Whatever it is, he go to this. This is the guy you go to. He's a busy Definitely. guy. Yeah, I got it. So anyway, all right, Ron. By uh, the way, JD JD embarrassed me. He um, he sent Ronnie a ninety-five-dollar bottle of tequila for his birthday. Ninety-five dollars. JD with the big bucks. Send him, Ronnie. Big gift. Beautiful. He Beautiful. sent
0: me. He sent me some nice things. It was a. It was a,
4: a mixture of a, a birthday gift and uh housewarming present. So Woo. yes, I saw. Oh, I, you're I, behind yeah. two gifts, Howard.
3: <laughs> yeah, big spender. Oh, housewarming gift. <laughs> Jesus, Oh, I forgot. All right, Ronnie, I get you something. I guess.
7: <laughs> you don't have to get me, me anything, dude. You can. What me do you know, need? me. You need I'm something. Sure. Yeah. You- He's, nah, he's my man. Could. Don't worry we about could. it. We had, to, right. we had to go out and buy him the stuff. We're good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ronnie, got uh, furniture shopping. Yeah. They fucked him bad. The uh, moving company. Had a, uh, uh, it's a it's a nightmare. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. All right, Rombo. Right. There um, he yeah. is. Call up uh, Dr. Diaco slash lawyer and uh, get a yeah. little and I'll yeah. get
7: Stephanie's boobs checked also. <laughs> yeah, you know he'll what? Do it. Go well,
3: in for he'll
4: a, do it all. Yeah,
3: to get, Go going and do a, a consultation on the lawsuit, and then uh, you let him check out those titties. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's the greatest. Bob is always up to something interesting. I love. It. I, I love talking to that guy. It's like he's living a dangerous life. Hey, yeah, thanks to he's gravity. Got a
4: doctor and a lawyer on call.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, he needs it. I still don't know what happened with that Hulk Hogan and all that other shit. I don't uh, bring it up. Well, uh, that yeah, was yeah. one of those court
4: cases. Did he get sued about that?
3: I don't I think. I think now everything's all, you know, just.
4: Yeah, but I don't, I don't know ask. if that cost him money, too. I mean, he spent a lot of money on lawyers.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know what that scene was down there. I'm just glad I stayed out of it. He tried to get you into it. He did, he did. He I thought he was kidding when he used to say to me, Bubba would call me, again, you wanna fuck my wife? And I'm like What? I said, This guy, he's he's funny. He's getting around about fucking his wife. And honestly, if I his wife, very good looking woman, if I had been single I might have
4: Oh God, done you might have fallen into the trap. <laughs> I, uh
3: you know, maybe. I I don't think so. I think it would have been too dark for me, you know, to like do that to Bubba. I, I no. Nah, I don't think I would have fallen. I know. Nah, you know. And I'm a pretty straight shooter. I I just like my own woman. You know, and having sex with her. And you know, I don't need any aggravation. And believe me.
4: How do you go to breakfast in the morning?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey, Bubba, had a great night. Thanks for inviting <laughs> me over. You know, I'm holding hands with his wife at the breakfast table because you know you don't, you want to be a gentleman. <laughs> you just shared intimacies. You know what I mean? It's like it's a weird. Thing. I want. I'd say I want to hold your hand and everything, but you know, your husband's here and he's a friend of mine. But I always thought Bubba was kidding around. I always thought he was just being, you know, funny. But I went. Hey, Ron, did Bubba ever offer his wife to you? I wonder. I doubt it. I don't think Bubba feels wrong. He had a certain
4: number life. of people that were on that list. You had to be in a God. certain
3: tier. He never, he never, yeah, because no. uh, yeah, no, I no, think he saw you as one of my guys. Like, I was the guy, you know? Like,
7: yeah, you know. He, he, like he whole, I, I don't that, think he, he think. wanted to, you know, cause any turmoil between, you know, you and me and him or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He'd never, never I mean, even thought about it. I, kn- I certainly
3: wouldn't have cared if you fucked his wife. I mean, I thought it would have been great for the show. I wouldn't care either. <laughs> yeah. He was hot, right?
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heather was smoking.
3: Do you think he would have fucked his wife if um, he said, "Hey, Ronnie, nah. here's the green light"?
7: Nah, that's that, that's no? not my thing.
4: You're not
3: into that, huh? Nah, nah. Really? I finally found nah. something Ronnie's not into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't.
7: I wouldn't have done. Nah, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know
3: because about he you. He used
4: to say to you, "I'll let you."
7: Yeah, I remember it that. It was yeah.
4: not. Yeah, it was not just I let anybody. I'll let right. you, Howard. I would let you do it.
3: Yeah, his. It was like his wife had a VIP line, you know what I mean? Like he didn't.
4: There was a velvet uh, rope around her. A
3: velvet rope around her
4: vagina.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bubba. We did have some good laughs with Bubba. I mean. Oh,
4: my goodness.
3: But Ronnie, I, you know, Ron, as much as you want to think you're high minded, I think you might have gone there. I think you might have. No, no, no? no.
7: Really? No. 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 no I, okay. I really would have felt weird.
3: I think so, yeah, but Alright, here no, Fake I, don't th- I don't think so You want to hear Fake Bubba uh, <laughs> explaining the whole deal with that? Sure What do you got to say, Fake Bubba? Fake
4: <laughs> Bubba
6: or, you know, the thing you're not mentioning about the, the Hogan caper, buddy, you know, people go, oh, Bubba wanted it out there. Bubba wanted uh, everybody saying Hogan pumping out, uh, giving his wife the uh, mouth pump deal. That was all Spice Boy on the caper. Now, Howard, now, why the
3: hell? <laughs> all right, I, I don't even I want to get in. Out there. Bubba,
4: uh, Bubba, don't I don't even, even want. the legalities of anything.
3: But I'll tell you what, Bubba, Ronnie could really, Ronnie, I couldn't deliver the goods to her, but Ronnie could have, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
6: Well, that's what I want. And now, Howard, none of the wrestlers talk to me. X-Pac won't talk to me. Big Show won't talk to me. Jericho won't even talk to me. So I didn't want that damn deal. And, hey, by the way, Howard, you're talking about Diaco. He's a lawyer, plastic surgeon. And uh, you also forgot he uh, owns an auto upholstery business. If you want to give him a plug for the auto upholstery <laughs> deal.
3: All right. Take care, fake mama. I like fake mama.
4: Fake I tell you, fake bubba's he's, great. He's just screaming. He might man. get us into he's, he's med- illegal trouble.
3: <laughs> I tell you, fake bubba's as funny as uh the, the real bubba. But yeah. fake bubba I I'm so into fake bubba, so I sit down this morning, I got about a half hour, forty minutes to prep for the show, get my shit together. I said, Hey, hey fake Bubba, where are you? And uh next thing I know, I wasted forty minutes talking to fake Bubba. <laughs> just for just just for my own amusement. No one was even listening. That's crazy. <laughs> Do you, I think I know someone else who Bubba might have put on the VIP line, yeah. uh, for that deal. You Are think it? you know too? Yep. Oh, okay. We talking about the same guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
4: Uh-oh. I think I know then what,
7: who you're talking well,
4: about.
3: <laughs> well, you might. I'll tell you off the air. But, uh, Robin's got tight lips. She doesn't, uh, talk, but, uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, this guy was awfully nervous when all that shit was in the newspaper. That's all I know. Right,
7: right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Yeah. Quite frankly,
3: you should have been there instead of this guy. You're way more important, as far as I'm okay. concerned.
7: <laughs> I don't think, I think I, Ronnie, dude. I really, I really don't think I would would have done it. But let me ask you this: You ever get insulted? That like, that, like, that fuck that. fucking wedding. His wedding was. His oh my
3: god! Greatest. That, you were. It was you were funny. You were funny at that wedding. Ronnie gets up this. Ronnie get up and made the fucking craziest speech at Bubba's wedding. We all flew down there. We all flew down there, right? We all flew down together. Yeah, yeah. You
4: you yeah. got us all a plane. We, we yeah. went to that hotel.
3: It we was had a great. pisser. Uh,
7: Ronnie, you yeah. were on the plane, right? No, no, you
4: weren't.
3: I,
7: I I I no. I I came. Uh, I think I got there. Actually, I was there before you. I think.
3: Oh, okay, yeah, some people made a whole vacation out of it. Yeah, and a whole uh,
7: deal out of it, ah. yeah.
3: And then uh, Ronnie was down there, and he was wasted at Bubba's wedding and oh, got up and dude. made
7: that crazy speech. You were so drunk. Dude, Spice It was uh, spice Boy put, like, he goes, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to get up there. You got to use your tagline. You got to go nuts. You got to do a speech. He goes, I'll pay you 100 fucking dollars. I go, I don't need you to pay me. And then we just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. And I remember yeah. I was dancing with this this guy's girl, his wife or a girlfriend. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I was so fucking drunk. We were grinding in, in the middle yeah. of the fucking Oh, yeah. And she was and, real hot, right? She was oh, very hot. Dude, she, she was fucking smoking hot.
3: I don't even think she was wearing panties. And I remember you yeah. dancing with her. And I'm like, Ronnie's going to fuck this girl right on the floor. Right, I mean, uh, hands
7: yeah. all
5: over
4: her. They were practically dude. doing it on the dance floor. Right dude, in front dude. of the yeah. house.
7: Yeah, it was fucking crazy, and the husband. And she was beautiful. Yeah, he was going. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It's awesome. You know, go ahead. Don't worry about <laughs> yep. it. She's a party girl. And then towards <laughs> the end of the night, I think he started to get pissed.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, all because she, it-
7: all she wanted to do was hang out with me and dance on the floor.
3: You know? Yeah, and and Ronnie was like, I never saw Ronnie dance so much, but it was dirty dancing. It was like, you know, Ronnie's right. cock was in her ass. I mean, don't ask what was going on. They didn't even hear
4: on. what the song was. They were grinding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't hear I didn't hear anything.
3: <laughs> that was a crazy wedding. And then Ronnie would, the, Ronnie stole the show when he, you know, Hulk Hogan was the best man. He made a speech. He had a big, like, crystal vase that he gave Bubba, you know, in honor of his wedding. And But then Ronnie topped everyone and got up. and.
4: That's right. Stole the show.
3: Oh my God. Fuck you. Let's fuck whores. Let's, I mean, every one of your taglines, right? 69, everything was in there.
4: Don't we have a But Let's fuck some whores. Yeah, we do. No, it's
3: really
7: funny, though. That night, after it was all said and done, when I started to like sober up a little bit, Uh I got back to my room and I'm sitting there in bed and I'm going, I'm fucked on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: Let's fuck some
4: whores.
3: You're lucky that guy, you know, that's down in Florida. There's almost no laws down there. You're lucky that guy didn't like shoot you or something for fucking around <laughs> with his he would wife have like that. You'd gone to jail, right? <laughs> no, you don't go down. You shoot somebody down there and no. nobody cares. Nobody. Yeah, he cares. was
4: grinding my wife. I had to shoot him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he was dirty dancing with my wife. Oh, okay. You should have said that. We could have skipped the whole trial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had that yeah. speech. Do we? Hey, does anybody know if we have that speech, or would you have to go into the whole archive and dig that out? I remember um, Richard. We'll pulling it up now. You pulling it up? All right, Ronnie's wedding speech. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> heard that in a is, long why time. You
4: invite Ronnie to your wedding. Gee, thanks, man. It'll bring back yeah. great memories. <laughs> when 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 is your
7: wedding? I bet you that's going to be wild. Uh with, we've been talking about it now. Once we we're almost you know we're settled here, and then. Uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll, that's the next thing to work on.
3: You know who I was thinking should marry you? Dr. Diaco, because uh, he's yeah. a lawyer. He can do and, it. Uh,
4: he's, he's legal. Yeah, yeah right.
3: <laughs> what did fake and Bubba then, say? Uh, he also has uh, an upholstery uh, business.
7: I'll, I'll have Bubba make a speech at my wedding.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I remember on the way down, that was when uh, Richard Christie was wheeled off the airplane drunk. They had to take him oh, out in a wheelchair. This was on the way. He yeah. Was, he,
7: he was, okay, was huh? so fucked up, dude. Yeah, that plane. Holy shit!
3: Do uh, oh, they're saying the audio of your speech is rough. I mean, I can play some of it, but it's hard to hear. Oh,
7: yeah.
3: Boy, are you lucky we have rough audio of that? I don't think I could <laughs> hack sitting through this.
7: You
5: can't. Really uh, what happened?
7: Was it? It wasn't, it wasn't rough when you played it that Monday morning, and you fucking really killed me on Let the me see. You killed me on the air. Sometimes if we, uh,
3: if you listen to it for a while, you get into the, you know, you can, you can start to understand what's happening. Let me see. I
7: want you to meet my new girlfriend, Jennifer.
6: <laughs> hey, well, I got bad news for you. Jennifer's boyfriend is about six I met Jennifer's boyfriend. Oh, two six, two
3: sixty. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I want you to all you. to meet my new, my new girlfriend, Jennifer. That's the <laughs> girl you would dance with, and,
7: yeah.
3: And then they warned you. The guy, the, the 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 boyfriend or husband was six foot one, but you're like fuck that guy, big <laughs> shot.
7: I was <laughs> fucking so drunk. <laughs> fuck fuck that uh, are, there, are there any kids here left? Or you no one home? Let me know. There's no kids here. Ronnie, the limo driver, he's
3: drunk because Howard left, so he's now. Yeah, I mean the, there was a room full of little kids. I don't know who all these like bubba. No, they on. left. They, they were gone. No, you're crazy. They
7: left. No, they were gone. You were drunk. I had just. You- Everybody said they were gone. Let me introduce my girlfriend. Fuck her husband. Fuck her. these fuck little kids all running
3: around. It was, you know what? Uh, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, man. It was. That was a crazy weekend. Expensive Kick-ass. wedding too. No wonder Bub is delivering yeah. for DoorDash. What he must have spent on that wedding alone? if he had oh, that. Oh, her he,
4: dress he... was incredible. That yeah. church. I've never mm-hmm. been in a church that big. It was
7: huge. <laughs> church. Don't you don't you remember the 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 minister was hitting on Heather? Yeah, during nah, the wedding well, ceremony, it, he
3: just enjoyed her. Let's just say that.
7: Yeah,
4: yeah. No, he well, was hitting. Yeah, he, he was hardly talking to Bubba. It was like he was, he was a fan. <laughs> yeah. He was marrying right.
3: him. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me get on to this. Oh, by the way, uh, I should mention Ed Sheeran's going to do a couple of tunes today. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's yeah 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 he's going to stop by promoting his new album. The album's very good. I'm uh, doing my own thing behind there. Ah, uh, you're in the car with me. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I can tell you what this song's about. I got all the info, but it's not all that interesting.
4: What is on your shirt? I am tr- you know, I can't stop looking at this design trying to figure out what it is.
3: It's a little skeleton's dancing. Oh. Yeah. You like it or you don't like it?
4: No, I like it. It was just that I couldn't exactly make out what it was. And it was bothering me because I couldn't stop looking at it because I don't know what it is. My wife bought me that shirt. It's a
3: good looking she shirt. She liked it. Yeah, it's a John Barbados t-shirt and, uh, she saw, they were on sale. There were a couple of, um, John Barbados t-shirts. She bought a couple of them for me. And, uh, I mix and match them with my sweaters and my various outfits <laughs> that I wear for you know, the show and everybody loves it, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, some skeletons makes me look like a badass. <laughs> They're not even the kind of scary skeletons. They're just kind of cute skeletons that look like uh, like little Halloween skeletons.
4: Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean? it, it was giving me a Halloween vibe, but yeah. I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking at. I didn't know if they were little animals, animal yeah. skeletons, or no. what, what I was looking people, at. People
3: skeletons. But they wings. look like
4: they're crawling on all fours. I don't know what's yeah. going on there.
3: They're doing all kind. I think they're doing the Kama Sutra. I don't know what they're doing either. But if it's giving you a Halloween vibe, I hate Halloween so much that I'll throw the shirt out of it to giving you a Halloween vibe. You know what I mean? I just hate Halloween. I hate the whole thing. Oh, I used to go crazy. You uh, know that building of mine in uh, you know where I live in the in New York City in the apartment. They used to decorate the whole fucking lobby with uh, Halloween. Decorations, But, you know, I don't mind a little like, okay, you want to put a pumpkin or maybe a, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of gourds with a, you know what I mean? But they used to put the whole thing, skeletons, uh, 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 witches that talked. <laughs> oh, you
4: really? Like, you had animated oh, things in oh, your lobby?
3: It looked like Ronnie's lawn times 10, like <laughs> blow up dragons. <laughs> And I was like embarrassed because you know I, I you know you pay a decent amount of money to live in that building in Manhattan and forget about it, and I'd be like I say to the doorman, uh, hey, uh, what's with all the decor? Well, no, everybody wants it for the kids, for kids. I go, there's not that many kids in this building. It's mostly an adult. No, for the kids, but I think some of the people on the board of directors uh-huh. of the building, they um they had kids and they decided that the building should, should be taken be over Halloween. by children.
4: Yeah. Love. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Let's make sure the kids are happy. So when I have people come over and they see like a shitloads of garbage in the, uh, <laughs> and the fucking a, a plastic witches and, you know, the tackiest shit you can find, I'm not embarrassed at all. But then they calm down. I complain so much, I think, me and a couple of other people, not just me. You know, I'm not trying to be Scrooge. I'm just trying to, be like, hey, come on, let's be classy. Let's be a little bit classy.
4: Yeah, it doesn't have to be tacky.
3: Yeah, because when Regis was alive, God bless his soul. I mean, I used to see him, and I try to get him on my team. I go, Regis.
4: How was he? You know, was he okay with it, or was he on your side? Regis was a chill dude.
3: I go, Re-, you know, I, I figured like maybe I got a compadre here. His kids were all growing up too, and like you know, you know, we're not looking to live in a child building. You know, we're not we're not <laughs> seven. We don't have two-year-olds.
4: You don't want to walk here. through a haunted house to get to your house.
3: <laughs> yeah, it literally, that's what it looked like. It looked like a kid's backyard and made its own haunted house. That's what my, the lobby in my building looked like. And I'd say, hey, Regis, what the fuck? You know, hey, Howard, hey, how you doing, pal? How you doing? Hey, buddy? Regis would be sitting there, standing there in short shorts and a tank top because Regis, <laughs> Regis was going to his workout. Next door there was a gym, so he would go he would go to the gym. and Right. I always loved seeing Regis. Because he was like, he was just so friendly. He made me feel like I was in real show business. You know, like, hey, there's another show business guy. Hey, Regis, what's happening? Hey, how you doing? How's Beth? How's everybody? I, you know, he was shot out of a rocket. This guy's way older than me, and he shot out of a rocket. The guy had, I can't even imagine. Always believe he's had a
4: lot of energy. Yeah.
3: This guy always had energy. I really admired it. And he was always on. I saw him toward the end that he he lost that energy and I, I was like mm. worried about him. I was like, oh shit. He was always nice to me though. Come on up, see my apartment. Come on, see what I did here. We put in decorations. Joy just decorated. I, okay, sure. And, uh, but, but I tried to get him on my team. I'm like, hey, Regis, what the fuck's with all these, uh, decorations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of decorations, don't they, Howard? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I don't even know if they listened to what I was saying. I go, yeah, I like maybe it's too much. Or yeah, I don't think he cared. He just went with the flow. Like he's not—he's not aggravated by shit like I am. You know what I mean? He he's a different kind of guy. The
4: small stuff. No.
3: No, no, no. He did not. You know what? He put up with a lot of shit in his career. He got fucked by a lot of people, Regis. Uh, starting with Joey Bishop or something. There was some brouhaha when he was the announcer, or I don't even know what it was. I don't even remember the story. I don't 100 remember 100 years the stories. Ago.
4: I just know Regis would come and go, <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> and uh, you know, even when he got kicked off the morning show, which was the show he started, he basically created that thing. He was pretty, you know. It's just like, hey, uh, I wanted to get some gossip. I go, hey, that's pretty fucked up. With the, hey, yeah, it was my time to go. I guess you know, I go, aren't you mad at anybody? Nah, nah, nah You know, it's like, like a gentleman, Amazing. right up to the end. Yeah. amazing guy amazing attitude i really came to appreciate the guy because i got to hang with him a bit you know in the lobby never more than that but you know we would exchange some nice confidences it was oh, a period really? of time yeah yeah we confided in one another about some stuff and um nice guy but i i tried to get him on the team to get to get the uh the halloween decoration <laughs> committee under control Oh my, every year it grew and grew. There was like, you know, like when you go through um, like the high corn in Kansas? Yes. Like we had one area of the lobby was just high corn, like, like <laughs> those big shafts of like whatever that shit is that you rip off of corn, like, right. like vines yeah, cool and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever you call it, like brownish kind of dead corn looking things. And I'm like, really? Corn stalks in the fucking lobby, but like millions of them. Like, it was like Children of the Damned in there. You walk in and some kid with green eyes attacks you. <laughs> Glowing eyes. And I'm like, good Lord. But then I found out it was like one dude whose kids were really into Halloween and he just badly wanted to impress them. And was like, so the whole
4: oh, building man. had to suffer.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was one of those, who. I'm like, Regis, do you realize? Do it to your
4: house. Do it to your apartment. Don't have- yeah. invite us all in.
3: <laughs> well, you sound like me talking to Regis. I go, Regis. They should do this in their house. Like, they got an apartment. <laughs> put corn stalks in your fucking house. I don't care what you do. I feel like I'm living on a farm. You know, and one of the things I got off on yeah, it's a nice building. You know, when people come to visit, you want them to feel like you know you made it. Uh, and let's face it. Everyone thinks I'm dressed up as a scarecrow with those cornstalks. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you I'm
4: work there. You're the living. Yeah.
3: The kids would <laughs> the start pointing to me. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: The kids would start pointing to me and like, uh, uh I go, oh, I think they think I'm part of the cornstalk motif.
4: <laughs> you <laughs> you know? walk into your house. as the set of wicked.
3: Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> hey, Nick, you're on the air in Massachusetts. What's up? Hey now, first time, hey in a long now. time out. How are you doing? Hey
8: now, hey now. Uh, hey, just curious. I know, I know, you know. Like, I know you don't like a lot of decorations, everything like that. When, when you were a kid, did your parents decorate your house?
3: Hell no. Oh, my parents hated Halloween. Oh, my old man, they hated every holiday, everything. We celebrated nothing. No, they hated Halloween. Oh, these kids come by with the f***ed candy and they chalk
4: my house. Yeah, the kids my, decorated his house.
3: <laughs> I think my dad. I think probably my dad in the neighborhood was someone people goofed on, but I didn't realize because he was my dad. Because his house got egged in <laughs> amount. I mean, I mean, it was just like it was crazy.
4: Yeah, they, I, they I, had, there was something about your dad. Yeah, and I do Kids know. in the neighborhood because they yeah. had they were gunning for him on Halloween.
0: I tell you, they
3: took my house. <laughs> they run around it's a, it's all nonsense and i gotta admit i agree with them. it was all i mean yeah no we never had like a like even like you know like a cardboard pumpkin decoration or like a
4: there was a, no a weird, jack-o-lantern at your house
3: yeah my mother would hand out candy but she was belligerent about it i gotta yeah. hand out this candy they're driving me crazy all night you know it was, a, it was just a horrible and i, and I felt bad I would just I but I would go trick or treating with my friends. Of course. My friends you would. My friends were all degenerates. They all had chalk bags, they all had uh firecrackers, they, they really? we got chased we got chased by the police. It was very upsetting to me. It was traumatizing. Cuz you know, I want to It's all listen, not a lot of people want to be my friends, so whoever I could get, I would be friends with. <laughs> and I had to and I had to like sort of toe the line. So I remember yeah, my friends they did, yeah, my friends let off fireworks or something, and then the police must have, i mean we were horrible they the police saw us, and they were chasing us and i I spent all of Halloween one year under a bush, <laughs> hiding from the police. I thought they were gonna drag me in it, it just didn't work out well for me. it didn't work out well, well, yeah, yeah, but it, and I wasn't into fireworks or chalk in anyone's house, but the the crew I hung with. They were bad. They were like bad people. So I was a good guy. Yep. I, you know, so I was you a were the, the guys fuck.
4: when I would go trick or treating, I was little and yeah. we would go trick or treating and we get like a decent amount of candy and mm. then kids like you would come and take our candy.
3: No, 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 no. I was too big a bags pussy robbed. No, no, <laughs> no. I would never do that because first of all, little kids would beat me up. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't, I, I, I knew better than to be a tough guy.
4: Well, they didn't have to be um, tough. We were so little compared to that. Nah,
3: I never stole candy. Never would do that. I don't care. I would have drawn the line at that.
4: We'd but, be standing uh, huh? there crying at the end of the night. Nah, that's <laughs> not all cool. our candy was gone. Well, no, I'd go home. My mother would steal you, my even candy. If, even if,
8: even if you stole it, I think well, your mom wouldn't take it away. It would take it away from me anyways, right?
4: She's yeah, my mom took away
3: all my candy. But I go to like I, I come home and my mom would have me empty my Halloween sack. Uh, into a big metal pail like a big metal uh, like a bowl and then we'd look through the candy and i'd see look at that i got good and plenty a little box of those i'm gonna eat those i got uh, baby ruth i got this that the other thing and i was such a mama's boy i trusted everything my mother said because you had to if you didn't if you weren't on my mother's team you're gonna have a bad childhood she will fuck (laughs) you up my mother could scream and yell and carry on like a lunatic so i had to like you know i just love my mom you should you know i just had to i didn't have a choice to hate her. I had to love her because I'm telling you that thing, that house of mine was run like a gulag. And if you didn't fucking
4: acted like you were going along with everything, it wasn't a real love. It was an act. Mm.
3: Yeah. I went along because, you know, you don't want to be on the bad side of the leader. She was the, she was running that house. And I wanted, I wanted good things, you know, I want the toys and shit. So I bring home my sack and I, I bring in a good haul. I got baby Ruth and I love baby Ruth. And my mom would sit there, and when she would pick through the bowl, she'd eat a little candy. I'd eat some of the candy. And then, you know, she goes, okay, that's enough. You'll have the candy now in a bowl, and you'll eat it as the days go by. All right, I bought into it, and she put the bowl on top of the refrigerator. Cool. I wake up the next morning. and I'm looking over the bowl. I don't see any good and plenty. I don't see any baby Ruth. I see, like, shitty fucking candy corn. <laughs> shit nobody eats. You know what I mean? I don't see any of the good shit that I got. I couldn't believe it. I I go, mom, what happened? She goes, what are you talking about? Like belligerent. (laughs) I go, I had baby Ruth and good. No, you did listen. This is what you had. And, uh, that's it. That's what I go, but I could swear. She goes, what are you talking about? It was on top of the. She would throw this shit out in the middle of the night, throw out all my candy. She didn't want me eating it. And when I wake up, she'd say to me, listen, you ate it last night and I figured, Well, I'm going crazy. I know I had some baby Ruth and Good and Plenty and some milk gods and See, shit
4: your candy got stolen too.
3: Yeah, my mother <laughs> took it from me and then years later I go, Mom, I don't she goes, You were such a mama's boy, I told you you ate it and you believed it. <laughs> she taught. and you know, like a, if I meet a girl that I was like, How it was so stupid. We tell him we he ate the candy and he believed us. Ah, I remember that. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Oh my god! Oh my god! I thought I was going insane in that house. They fucking ate the candy, or threw it out, or I don't know what they did with it. Yeah, he was a little moron. So you're going out with Howard, huh? That's right. He was an idiot. Yeah, they cleaned me out in the middle of the night, and I and I didn't argue with my mother. I was like, "So sure, she must not. She would never lie, right? I mean, she's my mom." Oh, the shit they did to me! Fuck, <laughs> my, my my little my little Halloween stash gone. Wow. Yeah, it was gone. In the morning it was cleaned. Up. You should see the bowl like the had There was this big metal pole, and all of a sudden, candy corn. Those fucking um marshmallow corn like yeah. loose loose candy corn that like probably was poison pr- apples with fucking needles in them you know like uh like those big thumbs with the like the the the, the right. like they look marshmallow like, they're
4: supposed to be peanuts and they're orange
3: yeah, yeah. and they're oh, yeah, yes yeah orange peanut and <laughs> uh and the uh, and, and and like um just hard just just the you know like like a like a toothbrush from some asshole who handed out toothbrushes, you know, or like a wax lips kind of deal, you know. Oh my god! And I'm like, what the fuck? I I don't remember eating this, but my mom tells me I did. Oh, and she loved to tell that story. Yeah, well, that Howard would go trick, and I'd say, Howard,
6: you ate
3: all the candy last night. You don't remember. And he believed his mommy. <laughs> yeah, I remember he, he, he thought he ate the candy. <laughs> and that's when you can't wow. eat candy. Like, I could, you know, I was young and healthy, I could eat candy. I, they took that joy from me. Horrible. But that's all right. I'd wait, you know, after that horrible thing, I'd go off to school and get beaten up by everybody. <laughs> So I, you know, I quickly forgot about the candy by the time I got home. There you go. Yeah, it was good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm a real happy individual. The psychiatrist got old me though. Why don't there you? you go. Why don't you form relationships with people? I go, why? Because people suck. <laughs> what are you talking about? Got to learn to let people into your life. Okay, I'll learn. I'm fucking. I'm a hundred years old now, and we learn to let people in my life.
4: Well, at least yeah. you're, you knew who was taking your candy. Uh, you know, the guys who were robbing me, they were wearing masks. I could never. <laughs> <laughs> robbing. A, a heist. <laughs> they were stealing uh, all the candy.
3: Hey, Dan, you're on the air. What's up in Jersey? Jersey, uh, by the hey. way, we had a, hey, Hey Dan, I'll tell you that in a minute. What, what's up, Dan?
8: How you doing? All right. So a long time listener, uh, I've been trying to get in for a year to talk to you about this. Um, I'm a musician. I teach music at a high school. And you always talk about how you wish you had played guitar and like you want to be a musician and how much you love music. And I'm surprised. Has no one ever said to you, you would be such a great singer?
3: (laughs) Yes. Uh, All I know is uh, Rob Zombie. Put his faith in me. Brought me into a studio in Los Angeles to record a song with him, and he couldn't believe it. He was like, "What's with you? You can't even sing this <laughs> song." He goes, "Just sing." No, uh, dude, you. I'm a terrible singer. You
8: could be. No, 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 no. You could be like. I hear you fool around and stuff. Like, really? And even Robin, you got you. Got, oh, absolutely. Like, i Robin. <laughs> find someone like you could be a really great singer. You know how to Wait use second, your Dan. voice.
3: Robin you're a music teacher yeah. and you're telling Robin you're, she's got I was a great say, voice.
4: What what does this guy do?
3: <laughs> I think well, I think what I he think does for a living could, is he gives false happen. hope to young children. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, what no, do you want really to hear? I I'll like do a song for you. Your
8: voice.
3: Are you kidding? I was working with Mark Ronson, one of the greatest music producers of all time. I almost ended this guy's career. He had me sitting in a room singing, he couldn't even believe what he was hearing. Um, if you, I, if I you know. get your
8: voice to match pitch a little bit better You'd be a fantastic singer You have a, you're the, the timbre of your voice is of great quality mm. You've been using your voice for the last 40 years You know how to use your voice
3: What song am I singing here, Fred? Old Man River Oh, thank you I'd like to sing for you now My professor, Professor Dan out of New Jersey My music teacher <laughs> Yeah, he's right. I am terrific. Uh, 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 me, 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 me. Oh, uh, me, me. old oh, That oh, oh, this music's at <laughs> my, my key. <laughs> that old man river, he just keeps going. Turn this off, Fred. I don't even know what this is. That's not old man river.
8: But even, like, I'm memory. not even joking you. Like even that wasn't bad. You're just making a joke out of it, though. Like you could be. Good. I'm, I'm
4: By the way, think, I should mention Have you taught have you taught anybody we would know?
3: <laughs> um well famous people
4: well, no. No, not
3: famous. Let me people. let me tell you teacher Dan is a, uh, an honored person because of course he's a music teacher, he works with children. And by the way, I should mention this is his daily phone call from the nut house He's only allowed one call a day. So thank <laughs> he you. He really only
4: that.
3: thinks he's a music teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I uh I believe me I do wish I could sing. I would like to front the band. But do, you, do you, what what indication in other words what could, what could I sing for you or what vocal exercise could I do for you to, to hey, prove to you that I can't sing?
8: No no, that you can't
3: sing? Yeah, in other words, give me some give me a uh, warm-up exercise to do. Let's see if I can do it.
8: Oh, okay. Um well, first let's see if you can match pitch. Can you sing uh me me? So okay, like again, you could be really good, like if you wanted to. Like, <laughs> you you
4: tell like, find- <laughs> just from
8: that. Just from that, you can tell. He can match pitch and he has good tone. He can match pitch and he has good tone. Wow. Um see, so, if like, I had had a music you teacher found like this, who studied with them. Right. What's that?
3: If I had had a music teacher who encouraged me, all these teachers told me I was horrible at everything. And then I go home and my did parents you ever would tell
4: me, try for chorus or, uh, or
3: no a uh, choir? Uh, chorus. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to stay after school because that means you get extra beatings. I, um, I, I told you I wanted to join the chess team and I said, forget it. I ain't staying after in that school. You got to be nuts. You hang out there and it starts to get dark. Oh boy, you're in for a real fucking treat. But, um, uh, no, I, I never had a teacher encourage me in anything. I never formed those kind of relationships. So, uh, you know, yeah. even we're going to be talking to Ed Sheeran today. And if you remember, Billy Joel said he had a teacher who encouraged him. And Ed Sheeran has a similar story. I'll talk to him today about it. But when he was in high school, he had a teacher who really believed in him to the point that he'd even say, Ed, yeah. you can you, you skip class today and go perform somewhere. And, and you know, wow. that, that was you know, considered crazy. And uh, he even encouraged him to drop out of school and go become a musician, believe it or not. So there you go. Wow. Uh, hey Dan, well, you're not wrong. Ed, there's another uh, there's another I, music then. teacher, Dan, on the phone who agrees with you. His name is um, Professor Lou Ferrigno. Yes, Lou. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> okay, I
8: <Okay>. was <laughs> okay.
3: right enough. He agrees with you.
8: Though. <laughs> ask, uh. ask Ed Sheeran. I'm sure he'll talk to you about it. Um, yeah. But no, I hear you talk about it all the time, and I I, I still respect it, Thank and you, Dan. I like. I kind of feel for you cuz I know with guitar a lot of it is mechanical and you might right. feel at this time it's like why even bother you know cuz you'll never be as good as you want to be but with your voice I mean every time I hear you fool around I'm like ah oh, man if you just took it a little bit more seriously you could be really good so um you know wow. well well uh, thank you uh, for the and connections I'm sure you can find someone
0: that would you know give you lessons
3: Oh, hey, George, how are you? George Takei, everyone, of Star Trek fame. Hi. Oh,
0: hello, George. Howard, let me me help you sing. Come on, now. Follow me. Use your feelings, wonderful feelings. Okay. From the sound of music, the hills are alive (laughs) with the sound of music. Use your diaphragm.
3: The hills are alive with the sound of music.
0: Use the feeling, come on. Music, music. Think of, think of Beth. I'll think of Brad. Uh, and your musculature (laughs) with the songs they have sung for a thousand years. With the songs they have sung for a thousand years (laughs) Deep in your lungs. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't know (laughs) that A lot of people
3: don't (laughs) know this, but George. Of course, he is a professional singer. He sings in the musical. Uh, what is the name of your Allegiance. musical you wrote? Uh, my Allegiance. musical is called Allegiance. Yes.
5: yes.
0: And it's about Japanese-American internment camps. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, one of my uh, uh, favorite songs is uh, Our Time Now at the End of Act Two. And what is that about? My time to serve... My strength to give, <laughs> my blood to offer, so others might live. You have to use your taint to support your diaphragm. It's all about the uh, use yeah. of your entire body. Well, thank you,
3: George. Really, I, I might talk to you off the air about this a bit because... uh I'm interested now that Professor Dan says I'm a good singer. I might uh, develop this. Well, Dan,
4: what kind of music do you see Howard singing? Because not every voice is good for every kind of music.
8: (laughs) That's true. Um, I see. The hills are alive. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Sounds
4: like he's good for show (laughs) tunes.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking of a Broadway career.
0: Dude, my colleague, Uh, he He could be a good singer, right? Like the Squeeze your butt uh, cheeks out no. when you're going for those higher notes. What is the that, George? News are alive with the sound of music. Or you could uh, do it like Rex Harrison and just talk sing.
3: <laughs> right. All right, guys, enough with the singing. Thank you. Rob, oh, Robin wants I like, to sing. I, I could,
8: keep, I could sing opera, but I don't like to sing opera all the time. I sing mostly uh, like rock and stuff like that.
4: So. Uh, I <laughs> uh, wish I, I could love hear me. you Dan, but
3: George is tuning up. <laughs> Dan, let me hear you sing yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me hear how you are because me? if I'm getting a, if I'm getting oh, advice from you, let me hear you sing.
6: Uh
8: oh man, I haven't even warmed up yet. Um I mean, I'll sing a little bit. Go. Ahead. But, um boy. Nesundorma. Bravo. Bravo. Oh, Coria Principe.
0: Come on, Coria. Come on, Coria. Come on, Coria. Come on, Coria. Come You Coria. Come on, go teach
8: in like five minutes. Uh, well, I'm thank super you for honored to have gotten through. Um, Please uh,
3: uh, call Howard again and like honor us with more songs. Yes. Thank Dan, you. you're hired. You're I in can't allegiance
6: live- to I, I don't I can't live we'll stream find the road. my classroom. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, George, yeah. shut up.
8: Um, I can't live stream <laughs> you into my classroom. That would be a big no-no. But um, right. honestly, like, I wouldn't even need to be paid or, like, have anybody know about it. If you ever want to, like, talk about virtual lessons, I'd be totally down. Thank um, you. cause again, I think you could really good.
0: So thank you very much. I think Dana. Dan has a strong scrotum You're welcome. versatility. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. He has a strong scrotum. You're right.
3: Oh, how nice to hear from an educator uh, that we have real talent over here.
4: Well, Howard, um, you could be one of those people who, you know, joins the, uh, chorus now or a chorale. Mm. You know how you have these retirees who join singing yes. groups? Retirees. <laughs> <one of> <laughs> yeah. Hey,
3: George, would you honor me? Uh, let's sing a duet. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own Hills Are Alive. Here we go. The hills are alive with the sound of music Oh, with songs they have sung for a thousand years The hills fill my heart With the sound of music oh, My heart wants my heart. to sing Every song it
0: hears <laughs> Merry Christmas Oh, all right. You're so incredible. You could play card number five in a legion. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Bye,
3: George. Okay. Wow.
4: Yeah, I can just see you now. You know, going to all the old folks' homes singing Christmas carols every year.
3: <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Hi, old folks. Yeah, I am. Um, you know what? I was shocked. I was actually. Do I have time for this before it's here? And maybe I do. I could do this real quick. Uh, so much going on, but I want to talk about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, but I'll get back to that. Th- th- what I was going to tell you is I was doing a side-by-side comparison, and I want a little credit speaking of music. I was, um, we were talking about how you know yesterday with Kristen Stewart, she's playing Lady Diana, The Crown has Lady Diana, there's even a Lady Diana Broadway show. And you and I back in the day were making fun of uh, this Broadway show called Diana. We had Diana the Musical. You and I hadn't even heard it yet. Right. Uh, If you remember. And uh, I was sitting and talking to Robin, and I was predicting some of the songs that might be featured in this Broadway show. And I got to tell you something. I wasn't far off. You're absolutely
4: right, because I saw that they had a little... They they taped it or put it on Netflix or something. And I listened to a little bit of it. I was like, that sounds exactly like what Howard was doing.
3: Hey, you and I ought to write a play because I don't know why we're wasting our time here. Well, uh, is there any money I, in know. it?
4: <laughs> or do we have to do DoorDash
3: as well? Oh, uh, you want to get pet? You don't want to do DoorDash on the side? <laughs> but, um, no, uh, here, here, the, just again, I'm patting myself on the back, if you don't mind. First, I said to you, Diana would sing a fun song about how Camilla was kind of ugly and she's hot. Mm -hmm. And uh, here I am predicting this song. Listen, this is Camilla. Uh, This is Diana singing about Camilla. This song's called He's in Love with a Much Uglier Lady. (laughs) she's old i'm hot and this is the fun song you know like look at my look at my ass and look at hers she's got cellulite all over it she even has a mustache i swear to god (laughs) why does he want camilla i'm so much hotter camilla's been hit with the ugly stick she has a busted face i am hot she looks like a man in a wig and you, and you listen to that and you go, yeah, who's Howard Kidding? How ridiculous, but Meanwhile, right? How ridiculous, <laughs> right? But here it is. I, this, this is a roast battle from the musical between Diana and Camilla. Camilla sings first, then Diana. And it's not crazy, my song.
2: Oh
4: boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: a singing an, argument.
3: A singing argument. Like what, a rap battle. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie when Eminem, like, he's going to fight a guy, but with rap, not with, like, that's right. Gonna yeah. yeah. We're going to yeah. square off. <laughs> yeah, sure.
4: And say things about each um. other.
3: And by the way, I'm not done patting myself on the back. I predicted the paparazzi song perfectly. Here's mine. This is me singing about how the paparazzi are hounding me. There's the click of the paparazzi. It frightens me. I see cameras and I see flashbulbs. Cameras and flashbulbs. Flashbulbs and cameras going off in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the, here's the song from the actual play. Old snap click snap click. Snap click
8: snap click. Just
2: one My song's better.
4: Mine's uh, better. yeah, they should have used real camera shutter sounds. Mm-hmm. Like I did, Robin. Yes, I think that's so much better. Snap click.
3: Snap, click, snap, click. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) I predicted there'd be a song when Diana's finally free, where she yearns to do what like regular people to do. You know, she just wants a walk in the park. Well, you know, she's, she's suffering so. And, um, well, here's my song. I'll give you the side-by-side, because they had a scene in the play with this. This is when Lady Di finally gets in her car, and she gets away from the royal compound because she's getting her freedom. I want to go through a car wash with my car, just like the hillbillies do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of people washing my car for me. I have a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream, and my dream is to use a public restroom without my bodyguard (laughs) being there. (laughs) Good song, right? (laughs)
4: <laughs> absolutely
3: um, and sure enough there's a song here she's singing about being excited to wait in line in the it's, you know beyond the palace staff beyond the photographs a fairy tale come and gone all I shall do again stand in a queue that's a line that's British stand in a queue again here's to not making news because making news is so horrible you know
4: how's she going to stop making news the palace I don't know that's a fantasy beyond <laughs> the
5: photographs. Photographs. come and gone. All I shall do again, stand in a queue again. Here's to not make
3: making news. I
5: the-
3: yearn to, you know, I yearn to do mundane things oh to just take a walk without anyone observing me oh I want to be like Baba and drive door dad <laughs> and live in a trailer at the racetrack. <laughs> I want to pee outdoors behind a tree without the paparazzi. <laughs> I want to clip my own toenails. I want to wait in line at the supermarket like a loser. I want to eat at Applebee's. Like a douche. Like a douche. I want to fight people for toilet paper during a pandemic. (laughs) And not have my butler wipe my ass and vagina. Uh, One thing I did get wrong, actually. I came up with a great song about Diana dying in the car crash. It was like a big dramatic. They didn't do that in the Broadway play. I guess that was too hardcore.
4: Uh, They couldn't have her singing while dying?
3: No. Mine was pretty good, though. This is the scene (laughs) where she dies at the end. I don't want to have a spoiler, but here we go. Uh oh Jody We're in car And the paparazzi Are chasing us Driver Take the tunnel And go real fast We got nar, We're gonna get our picture In the paper (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See I I got that wrong They didn't put that in I guess it would've been In poor taste You know In the real show They don't show the crash at all No big death scene No They just say Diana died
4: yeah, and then everybody else thinks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, kind of. We like are
2: that. hearing of an automobile accident involving Princess Diana. We have no word on the
1: extent of her injuries.
2: line
1: <laughs> A of paparazzi followed her car
3: into a tunnel. There's
0: shock and horror as the West wakes up to the news. In
3: light. Yeah, theirs is a little more tasteful. Mine was a little more exciting.
4: No. Um, okay. <laughs> i don't know why she couldn't sing and die they do it in opera all the time
3: of course of course they're just uptight on that play <laughs> there's a song called here comes james hewitt james hewitt is the guy diana was boning during her marriage to prince charles because she was sexually frustrated right he's a writing instructor
4: Yeah, it's usually the guy who teaches you, who goes riding with you, or the guy who drives you, you one of the a bodyguard. That's all you can get to. (laughs) Exactly,
3: because all it is, like, these guys, who really, it's not even, like, a real job, you know what I mean? Riding instructor. (laughs) Of course, he's bone and lady die, and the song's full of horse double entendre, so that's, you know, well done.
2: (laughs) Hewitt, your royal
6: highness
4: officer
2: hewitt i hear you offer lessons there's
4: only one type of lesson i offer riding lessons oh, 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 hewitt. yeah well, i assumed your husband gives you riding lessons how did this uh, play
3: miss <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it did well i know you can't believe it i'm embarrassed by this one i didn't come up with this one this is the actual play diana and her butler are singing about getting back at charles because he's not fucking her and they uh and they they're going to put on a fuck you dress. They say fuck like 50 times in this song. This is very this is this might be edgier than something I would do.
4: Cutting edge, yes. Cutting yeah. edge.
3: These are She's-
4: terrible songs
3: <laughs> <laughs> How dare you How dare you <laughs> Well There you go So I wasn't that crazy when I Was kidding no. around on the air I mean no. Yeah. Maybe that teacher's right Maybe I, I, I am a really good singer
4: Well maybe you can write songs And no. plays. I don't know oh, Come on Sometimes, uh, who was it? Who was in here the other day? Billy Joel. He just wanted to write songs for other people to sing.
3: Well, I'm after, you know, singing my own songs. I see. (laughs) That's one of the things I got to talk to Ed Sheeran about. We'll get him on in a sec, because there have been times in his career where he's written great songs and he just gives them to other people to sing. Yeah. And I'm like, why? But he goes, "Eh, it's not an Ed Sheeran song. I go, but it is. You wrote it.
4: Fix it then.
3: <laughs> right. Make it an Ed Sheeran song. Oh, Diana, the musical, officially opened last night on Broadway after some. Oh, reason. it did? I thought it had
4: opened and closed. I'm sorry. Yes.
3: So did <laughs> I. Don't I want to predict. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything.
2: Well, I copper and a beauty pearl, and it me to my
3: soul. You know who this is, Rob? Who's brown singing right on now?
2: lips like cherry cola hmm man the way she looked that night made my heart that's it a sounds fire but Foy
3: Vance Foy Vance who is Ed Sheeran's uh, Ed, that's one of his musical influences he loves that guy boy Vance yeah Be With Me it's a good song a very nice song very nice I like that voice Ed Sheeran's in England anyway right now I do turn for
4: this voice.
3: <laughs> I know you would <laughs> Let me take a look at Ed Sheeran. I haven't seen this guy in, uh, I'm going to say, three, four years. Ah, there you are. Let me look you over. Hey. The new and improved Ed Sheeran, I'm going to say. because Yes, he is. He lost a lot of weight. He got in shape. You know, when I met you a couple of years ago, you know, you were a party boy. And now you're a serious machine. Am I correct? You did something. You started running. You started eating right. Cut yeah, back on well, the
1: alcohol? Yeah, I put pretty much all of that. Uh, I think becoming a dad um, just shifted my bedtime, which then shifted my uh, waking up time, which then once, once you're up, you're up. And uh, yeah, so I would get up with my daughter at like five, give her breakfast and then take her in the gym and do a workout with her. Look well, not at with you. Her. She wasn't like doing weights or whatever, but...
3: <laughs> Look at you getting up at 5 a.m. Now you're on my team. Now we can hang. All right. I'm in bed by eight, man. That's it. I'm out. Lights out. That's I'm,
1: it. I'm. Uh, I'm nine. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yesterday I watched A Quiet Place Two. That is not a film you want to watch before going to bed. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I love that movie. Keeps I you on the edge. Whole, yeah, yeah. I love Quiet Place Two. No, you look good, man. You look healthy. And uh, thank you. What, how how hard was it to stop drinking? Uh, you didn't dr- stop drinking completely, did you?
1: No, 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 no. I I uh, uh, I basically cut out the the unenjoyable drinks you know like i i feel like um i feel like <laughs> uh i feel like uh, i enjoy wine i enjoy beer but um yeah i don't really enjoy spirits so i do, i would i would kind of only have them to extend the night so now i just don't do them
3: nice man i just can't even believe who i'm talking to this is a whole nice. different you you know and as a songwriter it's a whole different you because you know when you when you first put out plus
1: you know, you're a guy, what, 20?
3: Something? And,
1: uh, yeah, well, you know, I was, I was like 18 when I wrote that, that album. So that, uh, I look, I actually went back to listen to that the other day, um, because it was, te- it was the 10 year anniversary. And I've always sort of had a bit of embarrassment about that record because it was, I would not uh, because I'd written it when I was 18, but then I listened back to it and I was like, Oh, this is actually just. It's literally just the diary of an 18-year-old boy who's moved out of home for the first time to London and had his first breakup and trying to make it in the music scene. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely changed a lot since then in, in 10 years. But then, so it should, I think. You know, if I was still writing songs from the point of view of, of being an 18-year-old boy when I'm 30, you know, like, there's there's something wrong.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I was getting a kick out of it. I listened to that album that you put out when you were, like, 11 years old. I mean, you've been writing music forever. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it yeah. is. But I heard that that the the actual vinyl album that you put out when you were eleven years old sold for like fifty—I don't know, fifty thousand pounds, whatever that is in American dollars. I don't know, uh, but, right? Well, it
1: wasn't. It, it 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 wasn't a vinyl. It was a. It was a pressing from. Well, not pressing. Like I would burnt it from my laptop and then written yep. my thing on it. And there's, there was probably like twenty of them. I don't know why it went for that much, and I don't know who bought it or where. Um, but it's definitely not worth that. It's definitely. <laughs> I don't not know. Worth that.
3: It was funny listening to it because it gave me hope. Because, you know, I wish I had it. I, you know, I did have it. I actually had it on, um, on this, uh, computer. But I was listening to it and I went, you know, for an 11 year old kid or something, that's pretty damn good music. But I see, like, look at the evolution as you get older and you keep
1: working at your craft and you keep writing songs. And well, the amazing, I do say to kids, when, when, cause I, there's this sort of myth that people are born with talent and I'm, and whenever I say I wasn't, people sort of scoff at it and they go, what are you talking about? Of course you could sing when you were younger and of course you could play guitar. And then I play them that and then they laugh and go, okay, okay, you're right. <laughs> so I think it's like, for me, I'm no longer like super embarrassed by it because I can show people that with work ethic and, uh, time and practice and precision and whatever you can achieve your dreams because I don't want people to suddenly think like I woke up and then wrote thinking out loud or I woke up and then wrote shape of you or something you could if you go back and listen to the stuff I was doing when I was 11 or 12 like you can you can see where it's come from basically
3: man I am so glad you're saying that because for most of my life I believe that people like are kind of born with it they don't have to work at it and that is such bullshit it is hard work like yeah okay you had some attraction to music for whatever reason. You know, everybody has something that they get attracted to. And most people give up. They kind of let the dream burn out. But if you keep working at something, I see that with great painters, because I've studied a lot of art history as I get older. None of them are born great painters. They're not naturally gifted. They, They either grow up in a family where the father painted, or they start to go off to an atelier and they paint. It's, it's the same thing in every one of these crafts
1: well I think the, I think the the um, combining thread between everyone that has been successful is that there has been somewhere in their life where their confidence has been secured by either lack of confidence and being like i 'm going to prove you wrong or someone being like, "You can do this, but that you, you can't you, you can 't push on and be like, I can be better than this if you don't have the confidence to do it. And right. I really think this. Well, I, it happens a lot at schools in um, the UK, but I don't know if, if it would happen a lot at schools in America. I'm guessing it's the same sort of system in terms of um, uh, you know government funded schools and and music classes. But a lot of the time. The teachers are going to say, "Yeah, no, like get a real job," kind of thing. Like the, yeah. the, the 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 idea of being a professional musician is. I think nowadays it's getting more and more um uh, available. I think because you can just upload something on YouTube and upload something on Spotify and get something going. But I think back in the not 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 even because in my day I had MySpace, so at least there was that as well. But I think going back sort of thirty years. It was, I think, quite difficult to. Carry. Like, if you weren't having success in your music, you couldn't go, Oh, but I've got 15,000 MySpace plays every day. Someone must like it. You just suddenly go, Oh, maybe I should actually just give this up and try something else.
3: Billy Joel was on the other day, and I've had many great conversations with him, and he was talking about the same thing. He, just like you, had a music teacher in high school who said to him, You, and, and, and Billy was saying back in his day, you never even thought that you could have a career being a musician. It never even occurred to him. He played piano. He sang. He did all that shit. But he didn't think he could actually make a living doing it. Teacher said to him, you're that good. You could become a professional
1: musician. And it, he went, you're kidding. And then he said, oh, OK, I'll be, I'll be that. And you but had the same the deal. Thing. But this is the thing, Howard. Like, like uh, making a living as a musician, all you need to do is get by. Like, I, I don't. I love music. I don't need to be paid what I'm paid for the shows that I do or for the music that I put out. It just has happened that way because it's got super popular. But I started playing music and uh was, would play in pubs for free and they would pay me in drinks and they would pay me in burgers. And then one day I got £20 and I went, oh my God, I can get paid for this. And then I just carried on. And the next time it was £50. The next time it was a was £100. But I didn't do it for money. It, it just sort of came like that and then suddenly i was a professional musician i was playing weddings every weekend for like 200 quid and then that was my like bread and butter and then i was a professional musician and no one could tell me any different and it was only through that that i started doing it kind of like full-time 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 and then it and then it broke through but the the so a narrative around kids can't be professional musicians is completely off because you can i mean like it is probably a one in a million chance to be a huge 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 music act but you you anyone can be a professional musician
3: wow it's really amazing too because um you know you're kind of an exercise in perseverance and, you, and you're absolutely right it's hard work you had a history of all these record companies even the record company you're with now they all rejected mm. you they all kind of goofed on you and stuff and said uh with it, you know with,
1: he, with reason though man like i do i do look back at do you, do you know it's music music industries are all about trends really, and uh i wasn 't a huge risk when I signed. I signed to a subsidiary of a subsidiary and uh of a record label, basically like a big record label had a smaller record label underneath an imprint, and then I signed to a smaller imprint of that and, and that imprint had not had a lot of success in the time that it had, it had been set up with and i didn 't sign for a hell of a lot of money and it was kind of like a last roll of the dice, so it wasn 't that much of a um, investment. Uh, yeah like it like if it went well it went well and if it didn't it it didn't (laughs) but so so it wasn't so much a risk but before then i can totally see record labels looking at it being like okay there's this quite fat ginger kid who's white (laughs) and raps and beatboxes from the countryside and where does he fit because at the moment we've got james blunt and james blunt is our singer songwriter and he's not like that and he doesn't look like that we can't we can't so i do i do understand where they're coming from but did these record guys ever did any of them ever come up to you? I'm talking about guys who, you know, passed yeah. on you. Did they ever yeah, come up to you one... and go, you know, I'm such a shithead, I should have signed you. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and I actually give him all the credit for it and I really, really like him. He's a guy called Darkus who ran Island Records and um I always had a really good relationship with them. I actually I won a I won a competition um for the fiftieth anniversary of Island Records to sign a single to them and I actually have a single ad, had like there was like 500 printed up, but there's these cardboard CD singles in my house with a little Island logo on them instead of like a Warner Atlantic logo. But he, at my very first big award show, the Brit, the, the Brit Awards, he came up to me and said, "Man, I'm really, really happy you your few success. I messed up, but do you know what? Like, I also signed Amy Winehouse and Mumford and Sons and Ben Howard and blah blah blah. So like, you you win some, you lose some, basically. And I really, really respected his. Honesty there and you know the joke the joke of it is he works at the the record label i'm signed to now and i see him all the time and there's there's a great relationship there but i think in the music industry you don't get you there's been so many people that the guy that signed me has almost signed that went on to success as well so it's just you do win some you lose some
3: i love stories like that i love when you read about like the guy who passed on the beatles you know and it's like I'm, you know it's
1: well, it, he's going, didn't necessarily he didn't pass on me he just had other things going on he but he had another singer songwriter that was uh really successful at the time called ben ben howard and he was kind of like i've got ben and i've got mumford and sons i don't like i so it just made sense for me to go elsewhere basically
3: yeah like his plate was full and i don't have time for you and it would be unfair almost to sign you too but the, the, the great there's a couple of stories how i know you love being a musician one that really touches me that to this day as big as you are that every once in a while, I don't know how you find these couples who are getting married, you'll go do a wedding for free. Like, you'll just show yeah, up yeah. and do their wedding. You still do that? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, my my deal with it is, is if I'm free for... Like, there was a story in the paper that said I'd got booked, like, a bunch of money to go and play Gordon Ramsay's daughter's 18th birthday. And I was like, I, I, I didn't. I don't really like doing stuff like that. I don't really like someone being like hey here's a chunk of money come and play like two songs at at, at this whether it be a wedding or whatever what actually happened there is he emailed me and said what would the fee be and i was like do you know what like why don't i trade your skill for my skill you come around and give me a cooking lesson and i'll come and play your daughter's 18th and he came around and taught my wife and i had to cook beef wellington and um apple um tart tatan tatan mate i don't know well, it, it was basically a posh apple pie, and it was really nice. But um, but yeah. So on the on the wedding front, um, yeah. Like every now and then, someone will be like, "Hey, can you play my wedding?" And I'll be like, "If I'm free, I'll do it." And a lot of the time, I'm not because I play on weekends. But if I am and I'm in the area, I pop in, I have a few drinks, I get on stage, I play a song, and then I go. And yeah,
3: you know, uh, it's every fun, musician, it's fun. every musician. That's the thing. You have fun playing. It's not always for the 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 buck. And that's probably why your career is flourishing. That's part of the personality of you. You just enjoy performing and, and showing up in amazing people. You know, it's the same thing. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of musicians and they tell me when they do these privates, you know, the private parties and things like that. Like um, I was at a, a guy's house, Elton John, you know, your friend was sitting there in the living room for about 200 of us in this guy's house doing a show got like a million bucks or whatever to just sit there and play the piano and sing. It was one of the I know, greatest man, nights of my are, life.
1: But the thing is, if someone, like, I'm not saying that if someone said, it, it, it's, all, it's all dependent, isn't it? Because a, a, a living room gig actually sounds pretty fun. And if someone's going to pay you for that, then, then, then great. I actually, um, y- you know, Courtney, um, Elton came around for dinner at uh, Courtney's when I was there, and he essentially did the same thing. But I, yeah, Courtney definitely didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, Elton did uh, yeah. it for fun but my point oh, mate, is and it was so magic it was so he just he just got on and started playing tiny dancer and then just then just went and just started playing and you could i mean he's the same kind of person he really really loves performing anywhere how many people just, were at courtneys that he was that he got up did he do his full set because uh, he did no no, you know. no, no. no it's probably he probably did like three songs but then i was with uh brandy carlisle as well she did maybe three songs and then i did maybe three songs um, what a party Oh my yeah, god. Yeah man, it was good. Well, it was just a really nice jam. And I used to do this when I lived in Los Angeles, like every now and then, I'd get musician friends round and we, you know, have a few drinks, maybe get like a takeaway in and and then just pass the guitar around and wow. all play once and I used to love it. I used to love it because it's so because that's almost where you test out your new material because I find that when you're in a circle with people you really respect and someone so for you, the guy that you just played Mm. If he was on my right and he played a song and he killed it like and then he passed his guitar to me, that's where you go, OK, got to bring the big guns out and I'm going to play this new song. And I'm going to rather than just going, oh, I'm going to play Thinking Out Loud or Shape of You. Or something, it's just uh, you go straight for the big guns new song to impress your peers, basically.
3: So when you were at Courtney's house, Elton gets up and does his thing. They pass the guitar to you. What three songs go through? Like you got to think fast. So what three songs did you do?
1: Uh, I played on songs from my new record that uh, I knew that Elton would dig. I mean, Elton had, no, Elton's heard the record, he heard the record maybe two weeks after that, but I played the intro song Tides, a song called Joker and the Queen, and... I want to say visiting hours. I want like the, the like, the like songwriter, songwriter ones, the ones where like, yeah, visiting hours. Like, I got emailed today from a, from a songwriter that I really admired, uh, that was just basically like, oh man, tides. Like it's, it's like three songs I get emailed about from the record and it's usually visiting hours, tides, and, and Joke and the Queen. And they're all the ones that like the songwriting heads are into.
3: Uh, you know, for me, it is just my personal take. Visiting hours and, uh, the, um, uh, um, uh, what the hell am I thinking The First Times. Oh, yeah. Those two songs, best songs on the album for me. Oh, my Thank God, you. they wreck me. They're beautiful songs. Uh, this Thank song, you, yeah, I mean, what a vibe on that. Uh, here, here's a little visiting hours. We'll listen to it. Just a beautiful, fucking sensitive song, man. Thank you. Love this like gets me in tears you know gets me sad
2: which is. at visiting hours so i could just show up and bring the news that she's getting older and i wish that you met her the things that you learned from me i got them all from
3: heartbreaking song Thanks,
2: man.
3: this song um i don't know much about this guy ed who was your friend mentor another musician oh
1: michael yeah michael
3: was it michael
1: this song was about
3: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. michael okay he who is this
1: um, guy to you well so he started off being my australian promoter but i became close to him pretty much instantly because he gave my manager his first job um and uh actually um the guy that runs my whole record company gave him his first job as well and he's you know he's a legend in the music industry he started mushroom records uh, in in infectious and uh he runs frontier touring well ran frontier touring uh so i met him in like 2011 and you know he's a promoter so you know you know promoting he's super fun guy super personal big personality speaking, yeah, yeah big big personality and i did tours with with him and always had fun his wife was always super sweet they'd have us over for dinner and blah 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 and then uh i just started seeing him more and more and then he used to stay at mine when he came to england and i remember I, my big biggest show uh that i did um in like 2015 it was the end of multiply and i did uh wembley stadium and i had an after party with like seven of my best friends and michael like and it would be like us 22 year olds and michael who was probably like 57 at the time or something yeah. like that and you know he he slowly just became one of my best mates and then when i went traveling uh in australia i lived pretty much with him uh, he has a couple of places around there so he just basically travel around with us uh, and yeah, it, it, whenever he'd come to England, I'd stay with him. Whenever I go to Australia, I'd, uh, I'd stay with him. No, he'd come to England. I took him to football games and he took me to AFL games and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I t- he was just. You know, he used to fly places in the world. If I had a new record uh, and he wanted to hear it before it came out, he like, he came to Singapore for a day and like sat with me and we got really pissed and listened to the record. And he fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, how many? <laughs>
3: how many genuine people do you find like that in your life who would like well, get not, on a plane? Not a lot.
1: I mean, I I probably, right. I, I, I would say I have a closed hand full of friends. Of like, I probably right. have five really really close friends, but I'd say ten. I probably have five really close schoolmates and I probably have five mates in the, in, I wouldn't even say music, I would just say the industry. Um, and he was one of them and, uh, he. You know, we both had our career highs together. We both together sold the most tickets that had ever been sold in Australia. He, on the day that they announced it, right, it's Australian summer, and he got an ice sculpture of me made to announce that we'd sold a million tickets and invited all the press. And I think I'd been out the night before, you know, uh was sleeping in, and the ice sculpture basically just melted <laughs> before, before I turned up. But um yeah. But yeah, man, he's, like, just a fantastic bloke. Just a fantastic bloke. And he... um sadly passed away in march was uh, it a sudden thing
3: like he was he sick for a long time or did he just suddenly die and you never got to say goodbye to him
1: yeah yeah it was literally that it was and i and the way that i've been talking about it in in interviews is i you know my my grandparents have died and i feel like when you're at school everyone's grandparents are dying so you sort of accept right. that that's going to happen at some point and my grandmother got very sick in 2016 and it was like an eight month process of her passing away. And we, I've got to move back home and spend loads of time with her and have loads of conversations. She told me about her childhood and, you know, we had all, I, and by the time she passed away, like it was really sad, but everyone had kind of made peace with it. Whereas with Michael, I got a call at three o'clock in the morning from his son just saying, and I knew, I knew as soon as I got the call, um, yeah, I basically woke up, um, my, my, it was actually to my wife's phone. She, she nudged me. I woke up and she said, Matt is calling uh and i I just i just instantly knew and um yeah it was like i've never i've never had anything that that heavy happen and um uh i managed to get out to australia for his um well for his funeral i was in i was in quarantine for his funeral so we tuned in for that and then i went to his um memorial but it was in quarantine where i finished this song and um yeah man like grief's just uh, it's it's a heavy heavy thing that i just hadn't ex- experienced and being sort of locked in a house waiting to go to this thing to grieve with his family and kind of figuring out what the hell was going on and it's i think i think the best thing about being in that house was having my daughter cause she was like six months and also kids don't know what the hell's going on so she's like but i'm happy so then you suddenly have to be happy be, be happy yeah be happy
3: yeah, but, i don't know um, what's worse that scenario is so like i i think about death a lot and i think about would it be better for me to just go quickly no no, no. goodbye or i don't want the long goodbye i think i'll be too sad i don't i couldn't bear to say goodbye to everyone
1: well I, I well know. yeah man but there's something i mean that's this that's what this song is about like i'm i've I've accepted that he's not coming back, but all I want is five more minutes. That's what the song's about. It's about having yeah. visiting hours where you go in and you go, Hey, man, I'm going to see you in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, whatever, what, whatever it is. I will see you. But before I go, this is what, this is what's going on. Um, how do you, and yeah, how man, do you, it,
3: but how do you decide? Um, like you don't make a decision. Gee, I just lost this wonderful man in my life. Who was so good to me and brought me so much joy, and now I'm grieving. You don't consciously go, "Oh, okay, I'm going to write a song about this guy." What do? You, what? How does it happen that you lose this guy and then suddenly you have this beautiful song? Like, what? What's well, the trigger? Well, I had
1: I had that line for a while. There's a guy called Anthony Clements, who's a songwriter that I love and and a singer who makes wonderful music, and he'd sent me a sort of like scratch vocal demo of a song. Where one of the lines was, I wish Heaven had visiting hours. So I rung him up, like this was like maybe two years ago now, and just saying, "Hey man, can I use that line in a song at some point?" And he was like, "Yeah man, for sure, go go for it." So I just I had the line for for ages, um, and uh, yeah, I'd sort of i'd i sort of worked on it a, a, a little bit with um, you, you know, you know, Johnny Courtney's Johnny. i worked on it a little bit with yeah. Johnny and uh, a girl called Amy. Um, but not, but not really finished it. And then when I was there, it sort of all kind of fell into place. I wrote, I wrote, there's another song on the record called "Leave Your Life" that I wrote in 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 quarantine as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. Songs, songs sometimes can take like months and months to finish. And I have like with with Perfect, I had uh, a basically scratch vocal thing that just went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for months and months and months and then one day i was in the studio and was like okay maybe now it's time to finish that so songs can just sit on my voice notes for ages and ages and ages and then one day comes and they just get finished
3: um your your process is interesting to me because someone i don't know where i read this i read it a while ago that you will write nah, 20 songs a week this is what you've said and and not all of them are good obviously you 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 just you go through the physical act of writing yeah and you'll come up and and and
1: that's the that's your process doesn't matter right there's there's so many i've like i what i loved about the collaborations project that i did was seeing everyone else's process and you know there's some artists that i worked with on that that when they do albums they make 10 songs and that's it but the 10 songs they make are perfect and they will mix them down for two and a half years and and blah 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 my process has always been in, in gigs as well like i would just i'd go out and i'd play a gig in uh angel in north london and then i'd do a gig in uh finsbury park and then i'd do a gig in highbury in the same night that would all be 20 minutes long and i'd be like it's one of those gigs someone's gonna see it and that's kind of my Way of writing songs. If I, the harder I work, the luckier I become. If I write 20 songs, one of them will be good. And that's I've not failed me yet. You know, I've wrote so many songs for this record, and I would go in, I'd go in with uh, Johnny um, and just be like, right, we're going to write for two weeks and all i want is one song so wow. let's not let's not have any pressure from um from because sometimes you walk into a session and we we always go in and say dare to suck because you have to put pen right. to paper to write something um rather than going in and being like right we have to beat shape of you or we have to beat perfect or we have to beat bad habits or something like that you go in and you just go let's just see what comes out in this two weeks there's zero pressure if we write 20 songs we just need one good one and it's never failed the song also,
3: I know you're going to do two other songs for us today, which I can't wait for you to do, and they're beautiful songs. But the other song that I responded to was First Times. And, um, I, 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 yeah, First Times. And um, I said, this is a really beautiful song. And I, I didn't know exactly what it was about. I went and looked at the lyrics. And I was fascinated by this. You wrote a song about the first time you played Wembley Stadium. Now, tell me if I have this right. And you said that I felt nothing afterwards. Now, Wembley Stadium is one of the biggest gigs a musician could ever have. And you were kind of shocked. It wasn't like you got up there and went, oh, my God, this is so great. I just did the the greatest thing in my life, uh, Wembley Stadium. And then, you know, you sat down with your wife afterwards or your then girlfriend. And you said, uh, hey, you know, she said, this was amazing. This was great. And then it hit you like, wow, I really did something special. I played Wembley Stadium. But I love the lyric. I thought I'd th- it would feel different playing Wembley. 80,000 people singing with me. It's what I've been chasing because this is the dream. When it was all over, I cleared out the room, grabbed a couple of beers, just me and you. Then we start talking the way that we do. It was weird. What a weird sensation. It didn't but feel I'd like anything. i say...
1: I'd say you've had that... I mean, you are uh, at the top of your game and have been for a very, very long time. And you would have set goals at the beginning of your career and go, "Hey, when I'm, when I'm drive time, that's that's me done. Hey, when I when I'm the morning show, that's me." Done. And then it happens, and you go, "Okay, what's next?" And uh, my, my realization with that is, I'd spent so long working towards this point. To, I didn't even ever think I would play a stadium, but it's sort, sort of got to. This sort of fever pitch around my second album that we suddenly were like, yeah, fuck it, let's put on, let's put on Wembley Stadium. And by the time we got there, the journey had been so amazing that I expected the actual event to be this sort of euphoric victory lap of like, we did it. And I finished and I was like, it was a really good gig, but it, but it was a gig. Do do, do you know, I feel like it was just, it was a show. And I found that that afterwards, the excitement of, my wife and sitting there and talking, that's what actually gave me joy that she was so excited about it.
3: Yeah. And you know what? People can mistake that for like, Oh, look at what happened to this guy. He's become so cavalier, but it's the truth. When you're focused on your career, you're not always aware of the tornado around you. I I, I mean, one of the highlights of my career was making a film about my life, making a movie. And, you know, as great as an experience as that was, it wasn't like i had some euphoria that i thought i mean if someone would have said to me as a kid one day they'll make a movie about your life you know you you, you go you're crazy
1: so I that's why that's i a l- wonderful thing though because now you can look back like i have this like divide was an album that i put out and i was so um again caught up in the tornado of it shape of you came out and it broke some records and i was like cool onto the next thing and then the album came out and it broke some records and i was like cool onto the next thing it's only now looking back at it i'm like man i wish that i'd have like sat down for half an hour with my best mates and being like you know we did it with this is this is awesome and i think now like you can i remember i remember coming to your 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 house actually and you taking me downstairs into the amazing sort of a uh, hang area that you got and you i think i think you had a, p- a poster down there but you definitely told me about it and i went i went back and 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 watched it and it's one of these things now that we, you're talking about now with pride I, they made a movie about me like this is this is really really cool but i know at the time it you were caught up in the tornado of it and it kind of felt like okay they're making a movie but then what's after the movie and then what's after that and what's after that and it's only now you can look back at it and be like man that's pretty cool yeah, that was a nice
3: night, by the way. Actually, I don't think I've ever talked about it, but uh, you came over to my house with a bunch of people, and we hung out. We had dinner, and I rem- the only thing I remember about it is you were holding one of the kittens that my wife fosters because we do all that foster yeah, yeah, work. Yeah, 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 the blind and we one. took a picture. Yes, and you know what? My wife's been looking for that picture. She can't find it. She was going crazy. She said, oh, you have an head on? I'm going to post that picture. So she's been looking for it like all over the
1: oh, place. Man, that but, was a yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Do you know what impressed me so much about that evening? And actually since then I uh, I have taken it up, not to the extent that you do, but the fact that you painted and yeah. painted so well. And the, the fact you have another passion in your life that isn't your – because your job is obviously your hobby as well, but then also it's your job. So you go to work to do your hobby, and then when you don't work, what do you do? And I love that you would found something that – brought you joy that no one could judge because it was just this this thing that you love doing and by the way you're really good at it i would thanks but i was wondering why because you paint the cover
3: for this uh, new album and i was like oh i didn't it never said to me he paints and um
1: i didn't that 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 was i mean it was seeing your paintings on your wall was like the first eye-opening thing for me of being like wow i can be creative and actually no one has to judge it like i can make something and not show anyone i'll just i'll just I'll have it and i have my my house is i probably have like five or six of my paintings in my house and i love them they're just bright colorful things that no one sees and no one goes oh that looks a bit like a jackson pollock picture or that oh that is you know uh I, just, I don't know it just i just make paintings that i really like and then put them on the wall what kind of
3: medium are you doing? It looked like it was acrylic, maybe, or, um, yeah, or it's oil. it's just
1: house paint. It's deluxe, deluxe house paint. And I go, <laughs> I go in, I get, uh, I get ten canvases. I have a, a kind of a, a garage at home, and I put the canvases on the floor, and I paint them all one color. So it'll either be all black, or all red, or all blue. And then I get the brightest colors I can, and whether it be like a bright pink, or a purple, or a, or white, or just really, really bright colours, and I just layer over the course of like sixty days. And every day I go in and do twenty seconds, and I just go splash, 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 and then just leave it and then dry. The next day, splash, 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 and then at some point I go, that's done. And sometimes I put on an extra layer when I I'm like, Ooh, it looks done, and I put on an extra layer. And I'm like, oh, fucked it, and then I have to kind of start the process again. But <laughs> it's um, it's fun, and then I just give them to. I probably have like six in my house and I've probably made 60 and for the last two Christmases I had all these paintings and over the course of doing them people would just hit me up and be like, because uh, they would come to the house and see them. They'd be like, hey, can I have a painting when, when, when you're done? And I would just finish them and send them to them because then I knew that they would like them rather than trying to sell them and have pe- open them up for judgment on of people. I just knew that this person would like it and, and hang it on the wall. And all of my friends have them hung up prior to in their house, which is really nice. That's
3: great. First of all, you're doing something that you're not letting people judge, which I think is great because uh, someone said to me, why don't you have a show where uh, you know I show some of my paintings and I'm like, no, fuck that. I I, I don't want that. A lot of musicians I know are now painting up or always have painted up. For example, yeah. Rob Zombie, who is a good friend of mine. Uh, he is a fantastic artist and I was admiring one of his paintings. He's got a big barn where he paints these massive paintings. And um, I said to him, Rob, I love this one. He did one a collage with Jane Fonda and all this. And he goes, uh, I'll send it to you. I said, why? Well, I, yeah. I can't accept. I can't accept that. I got to paint something for you. So I painted a painting of his, of a barn on his property. And so we swap paintings and that was. Do you know, I we, did
1: that with, um, uh, do you know, you, you know, this thing of Robbie Williams? Yeah. So he did that. He did that too. He started making paintings and I said to him, man, they're so good and exactly the same thing. I'll send one to you. And I was like, well, I have to swap one back to you. So I've got this huge painting in my house that says, say drugs to no. <laughs> he used to, he used to really, really like drugs and it's like this huge colorful color. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot it, of fun. It, it's amazing. It yeah. It's it, amazing. it really is I've done amazing. It. I've done it with a Hi. few, a few other people too, but I would recommend, the thing is, like, non, non creatives or non industry people I would recommend it to. My dad has never, ever, ever done art in his life and he saw the enjoyment that I got out of it and now he started doing art and giving me the pet and now we're, and now we're swapping and there's, Something joyful about doing something for the hell of it that no one can judge. And then at the end of it, you've got this beautiful thing that you're proud of. You know, like it's right. the same It's the same with songs. Like I don't write songs. I know lots of people think I write songs to get on the radio, but I just write songs and then th- I just pick the good ones. Uh, but like I write songs every single day and I write them because I f- it just makes me feel better. At the end of it, if I'm having a bad day, for instance, m- one of my best friends passes away i feel like shit i write a song and now i can look at that song and be like S- out of a bad situation came something good and i uh, yeah, and yeah and i and i treat that with 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 painting i'll always go in if i'm at a loss of what to do with with the day and then i'm like okay i've done nothing today but i have created this painting or i have created this song or i've done i've done this and i think it's important for everyone to have something to be creative you don't i'm not I'm not trained as a musician or as an artist, but I do both of them because I love doing them and they make they make me feel better. One of them I have to get judged on because I try to sell it to people. So of course I'm opening myself up for criticism. But like anyone that's listening to this now, go out and get a paint set and a canvas and have fun. And don't show it to anyone. Don't open yourself up for criticism. Just do it because you enjoy it.
3: I agree. You know, I'm always amazed. Uh, I was talking about this right before you came on, how you'll write a song and you'll go... You know, in some of your biggest hits, this has happened. Oh, this isn't an Ed Sheeran song. This is a, you know, this is a song for Justin Bieber. I hear someone doing this song. I hear someone doing that song. And I'm always amazed. I don't even understand how you give away some of these songs. But you do it on a regular basis. And and, and by the way, I mean, it It turns out well. They become these massive
1: hits. Well, um, I, and- I love the craft of songwriting. And I before i got into i mean as you said at the beginning of the show like i t- it took a while for me to sign as a solo artist and for, for people to be like i know it's a running joke i have got a face for the radio i'm not a poster boy i'm not someone that people are going to be like hey here's this product that, that that we can sell i am quite a weird looking kid but i've always been able to write songs so my my first foray into the music industry is i got a cut on uh, a, a guy who was came off the x factor who was a is a really successful uk singer called Oli Mers, and that was my first cut as a song and i got my first plaque and it went three times platinum or something like that and i remember having this plaque and being like I can be a songwriter. I can, I can, wow. as, 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 as we were saying earlier, I, I can make this my profession. So I've always had my foot in that world just in case everything stops in the world that I'm in at the moment. So when I was having hits for the first time with the A team, I was also having hits with One Direction because I was working with those guys. And then like as it, as it carried on and the bigger I got, the more, the more inboxes I could send songs to, you know, and like I've, I've had like now like I, I was a big fan of uh of, of k-pop and bts were having their moment and then they got in touch and then i was able to be like okay well here's a song the first song we did together they translated into korean and they've also got a japanese version and then that's super fun to do because i have a song that is being sung in another language and it's just Jeez. i just i just really enjoy it man and, it, and it's more of a it's less of a hey i have these songs left over and more of a i want to work with all these different people, all these different genres and, and make music because I love making music. And there's also a like excitement and enjoyment in when I'm in my off time, there's always a song out or that's about to come out. And then I can sort of have the excitement of, Hey, what do people think of this one? And what do they think of this one? Even if I'm not, sing- not singing it.
3: I think once you lose that joy of hearing your song on the radio or hearing, you know, another artist do that song once you lose that joy then you're no longer a songwriter it's like that that fierce kind of feeling like oh my god there's my song it's being played all over the world that's what keeps you going right that's it
1: um well the thing is i think there's it's there's 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 twofold there's being a songwriter because you love being so i write as i said i would write 20 songs in a week and use one of them but the, it doesn't mean i didn't enjoy writing the other 19 songs and it doesn't mean i still wouldn't play them as you've got your art in your house, I might bring one of those songs out if I'm at a songwriting night and blah, whatever. But in the, I'm in the music industry and it's a, and it's a music business, and sometimes it, certain songs work better when they're put out on the radio. So the one that I would pick would be the one that I still enjoyed writing, but it would definitely work. Like bad bad habits, I enjoyed as writing as much as visiting hours, but I'm not pushing visiting hours as my first comeback single you know it just it's a right. song that's on the album that's that's beautiful but i'm not saying let's put all our time and effort into this one to make this a hit
3: i love that you wrote this song for somebody
2: else mm-hmm. i'm in love with the shape of you we push and pull like a magnet i love that <laughs> thank
1: you right I'm in love but with I, think why, you. I think that's
2: why i think that's why that song
1: um, is what it is and it kind like of feel, feels um <laughs>
3: Can't talk over they yourself. can yeah, I get like yeah, right. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> no, but I Keep think talk and sing because, at the same time because I basically uh, I've I finished the the album Divide in my mind, and there was a songwriter that I'd always wanted to work with, who's a massive, massive, massive pop songwriter in in England called Steve Mack that had written all these songs for a band called Westlife that I loved, and uh, my friend Anne-Marie had just written some songs with him, and I was like, right, when I'm done with my album process, I'm going to go in with Steve, and we're going to just write some pop bangers for whoever, and we'll we'll choose. Will choose an act and be like, right, let's do. Just... I thought it'd be fun. So I went in with Steve and, um, and Johnny, and, uh, they, uh, Steve basically came up with that, um, Marimba, line, Jim, 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 Jim. And then I was like, right, cool. Originally it was for Little Mix, this, 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 this girl band. And originally, uh, it was a, basically the girl, you know, I want your love was a, um, interpolation of uh, "No the boy I don't want no scrubs and I was thinking Little Mix as a girl band having a song that sort of nods to TLC could be quite cool so we finish the song and then I'm in the car on the way to uh, the recording studio we're mixing down the songs and I'm like do you know what this, this would actually work better for a band called Rudimental who were on my record label um, and we should get Rihanna to sing it with them and that would be really cool and so i went in and i played it to the head of my record company i was like right rudimental rihanna we should do this and he's sort of looking at me being like no we should have this for your record and i was like no man you're crazy my record's done castle on the hills the first single we're going with it like it's all good and it took them months and i still stand by it that song does not fit on that record that song stands like like a sore thumb but it is the most streamed song of all time it's the biggest selling song in england ever now and i am totally wrong in the fact that it shouldn't have been a me song, but I st- I stand by it. It doesn't fit on the record. It doesn't. It it just felt shoehorned into it.
3: Wow, that's unbelievable to me. But thank God you put it out because I'm sure you now say, "Oh, I'm really glad I I sang this yeah, song." Yeah, but- well, I
1: mean that song that song sort of has a uh, a different life now because I play it live, and that's always when the real test of a song is like i don't care how big a song is when it first comes out and it goes number one on billboard and it smashes this and that if it's not the closing song of your next tour it wasn't it wasn't a hit and and in my in like shape of you came out and it was this big moment but the fact that i could then close with it on my tour for the next three years was the reason i loved it. it it was a song that are connected all over the world. And man, I go, I go everywhere in the world. Like me and my wife, when, uh, I'm off tour, if we're like in Asia somewhere, we'll go to the back end, middle of nowhere to a a jungle somewhere and, and, and hang out. Or we'll go if we are um, you know, we went to go and live in Ghana for a bit. We will go to Iceland or Antarctica. Anywhere I go, it's that song. It's like, like anywhere. And there's, there's different versions of the song in different cultures. You know, I go to, I go to India and there's a, there's a, um, a hindi language uh one there or i go to uh jamaica and then there's a um uh there's this girl called uh shauna who's done like a, a completely new spin on it about equal rights uh with um fellatio basically and that's like a massive massive hit <laughs> out there but all over the world that beat basically has been made um uh it's it's just this kind of universal song like what a feeling though stripping me off it it's just it's just traffic. yeah
3: what a feeling though to like just write something you know something that came out of your head and then just to travel around the world and see the reaction to it i just think that's the greatest i i that's what i love about songwriters and what they do it's just mind-blowing to me talk to me for a second ed about um elton john this guy's become a really good friend of yours when you got covid um Uh, you just, you just had COVID. Are you going to be able to do Saturday Night Live, uh, this weekend? I know you're slated to do that.
1: Yeah. I don't know why, uh, there was a huge furore about that. Everyone was saying that, uh, they were scrambling to find a replacement. I was always playing that. Like I, I, I tested for COVID and, uh, I announced it a couple of days afterwards because I was, I didn't, I had to cancel stuff basically, but it's quite, mate, it's quite, quite an odd thing getting that and then having to announce it to the world and th- and then suddenly like i don't know like i i'm now out of it now and i'm still sort of being treated like the, you have it, people yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and no. i i'm it's kind of an uncomfortable uh like i really didn't want to announce it to to everyone but i had to cancel like three big things in in england and i didn't want to be rude and be like i just don't want to turn up for this
3: you know I don't blame you. You know, I don't even like going on the radio and saying something's wrong with me because, first of all, you get a ton of reaction. People start telling you what you need to do. They think you're dying. Uh, You know, it, it, it just it's like something like that you just rather keep to yourself. And it, it, it is a good lesson to learn. But I was getting at this thing with Elton John. I read that he called you every day to check up on you to make sure you were OK. Did you did you have heavy symptoms at all or I assume you were vaccinated um, I,
1: yeah, I was, yeah, but I was super ill and run down before. Um, my daughter had got flu at playgroup, and I'd had that for like two weeks. And this is just the times we we live in. As soon as I got a cold, I just started testing every single day. And I was just like, you know, I, I want to make sure I don't have it. But I, I was also doing like getting up at like 6 a.m. starting Zoom interviews and doing back-to-back Zoom interviews till 9.30. Bed and then getting up at 3 a.m. and getting a Eurostar and going to Paris. And I was really, I was really, really, really run down. And then right. just one day I caught it. And yeah, it, it, do you know what it The, the, the lucky thing, well, not, not, not lucky, but basically I, I tested every single day. And the moment I tested positive, I wasn't, I hadn't seen anyone basically. So I I didn't have the thing of having to really ring up sort of a friend of mine got it and went to the gq awards and he had to ring up about 200 people the next day you know like and uh so yeah so i was was it
3: rough was it hard was it hard uh getting over it
1: yeah yeah but as i said i i was pretty run down anyway and my wife didn't uh she was away so uh i was there with my daughter and i, I basically it was me and my daughter for a, a, a week um and she had it too. So it was quite, there was, it was, it was kind of heavy, but, um, but yeah, like three days, three days of really, really bad symptoms, I think. Is, is Elton a good friend of yours? I mean, in the sense
3: that this guy calls you every day to check up on you, that sounds incredibly great. Um, so like, he, uh, my-
1: he started doing that. Um, you know, he'd call me, he has a great sense of humor by the way. So he would call me every now and then, and just sort of say something weird or make a joke or what whatever, but like every few months. And then uh my wife my wife had our daughter and then Elton started ringing me like once a week because he's a father and he wanted to check how I was getting on and he loved seeing Lyra on FaceTime and blah 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 blah. And then uh Michael died and Elton knows Michael or knew Michael and um rang me up the day afterwards and I i'm sure i'm sure you've had close friends die as well but you get to a point where you will just be having a conversation like this and then you just stop talking and then you just burst out crying for like five seconds and then you pull yourself back together and do that and over the conversation that must have happened like three or four times and uh from that point he just rung me every single day um just to check up on me because he knew that i was having a full-on time with that and it hasn't stopped it's literally literally every single day and i tell people this and they think i told a a british newspaper the the other week and they were like yeah but does he like probably and whilst we were doing the interview he rung me and i put him on the the, and i was like please tell him that you ring me every every day and i'm not saying it's like a long chat like we don't like catch up in full every day he rings me for like 30 seconds we'll we'll talk about something like at the moment his album came out last week and i was ringing him being like oh my god man it's going number one like congratulations and you know he's excited about that and then this week it's 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 my record and he's calling me about we've done a christmas song together so we're we're trying to work out a music video and a performance of it and blah 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 but yeah he does call me every single day and i absolutely adore him
3: what a lovely relationship. I mean, this is one of, you know, again, one of the greatest musicians that's ever lived. And to I'm sure it's a, you know, you pitch but yourself I think when you...
1: Strip, I think, I, I th- 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 this is the thing, there's two different people, right? There's Elton John the Performer, and everyone knows and loves Elton John the Performer, but no one really knows the true heart of this bloke because I'm not the only person he does this to. He has right. this relationship with so many people that he's close to and he gives advice to and he's there for a mentor. I know he has this name with Brandy Carlisle, um, right. he, i know i know he has the same with gaga like he's he's just he's just a wonderful wonderful human and he's constantly plugged into music he gets all the new releases every single week and he's ringing me about artists that i've kn- he rang me about kid LeRoy two years ago and he's like keep an eye out for kid LeRoy, he's going to be the biggest thing in the world and what happens two years later he's the biggest thing in the world and
3: yeah well, is it true he you know he he's sort of a, a a guy who will give you advice and he said to you when in one of these conversations says hey ed you ought to mentor other artists sign other artists and stuff and the story i heard was um you said you know you took that to heart and uh you 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 tried to sign Shawn Mendes who has certainly yeah. blown up to be a big star and Shawn Mendes was what like 15 at the time when you tried to sign him why didn't Shawn Mendes sign with you it would have been a great collaboration why what 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 went wrong there
1: Nothing went wrong. I mean, look at his career. Like how No, but how, I mean, how can you yeah. wh- No, I, why I mean, did he- There's there, because I'm not going to like he was already down the road with the re- the record label that he he'd signed to. He was he knew the guys he was cu- comfortable with them. And I'm not I'm not going to use the card of like, "Hey, but yeah, I'm this actor blah blah blah" because like what if I can't do a better job than them? I want him to have a career. I don't want him to only right. have a career if it's under me. Um so, yeah, it was but, – but that's but that's happened to me loads of times, man. There's loads of artists that I know that I could sort of – you dip your toe in a little bit and go, do you – like, would you be open to it? And then if there's even a hint of, oh, but this might be a better home for me, I kind of, like, back off. Um, wow. Not for, what, but this the thing with, 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 with Elton. Elton's a mentor. Elton's not this, like, megalomaniac who has to – Elton's not finding Kid Leroy two years ago, right, and then being like right i 'm going to sign you and have two percent of you or whatever because I have to earn, earn off it. He just finds artists that he loves and then tells people about them uh, because he like right. you know it's fa-
3: it's fantastic He's an he's a evolved guy he's really lovely I was re- what the hell else did I? I had to ask you about this. I was reading about some of your favorite songs written by other people, and I was shocked to see this one on the list. The long- Time ago, American Pie
2: I can still remember how that music Now between you and me, me
3: I always thought this song was a
1: little bit boring You know I what I mean? A little too long And now Howard, how if, could if, those if we had a real, real drinking session At some point in the night, about yes. 3 o'clock in the morning I would pull up YouTube and I would put on but American February Pie Real Meaning me And yeah. we would sit there and it would blow your mind it would blow your mind and then you'd go i got i got played this there's a rapper in in england called devlin who is probably one of the best lyricists to ever ever come out of england and he is a phenomenal uh rapper phenomenal with metaphors phenomenal with 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 similes and you know i grew up with this song i loved vincent as well and i loved that 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 whole record uh but the, the same thing, I just kind of knew it as the ba-ba-miss-American Part tune. It was just yeah. like a good sing-along that Madonna had covered as, as well. And then Devlin, one night we were on his tour bus and he went, man, do you know who the, the best lyricist, the best rapper that I've heard is? is Don McLean. And I was wow. like, okay. And he played me this video. And if anyone's listening, go on, just type in Don McLean, American Pie, real meaning explained or whatever it is. And it just comes up with little pictures of the things that he's talking about. You know, the jester that sung to the king and queen, I think, was um like Dylan and the band that wouldn't play were, the, I think, the Stones. And then there's the... It basically goes... From him being like really, really, really into rock and roll to it sort of going in through the 60s and then at the start of the 70s, and basically it's all shifting. And, uh, um, I gotta you know, watch the video. Into, yeah, it goes into the stones playing uh, in San Francisco with the Hells Angels there. Like, no, 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 no angel born in hell could break that Satan spell. And he's saying he's calling Jagger Satan. And it's just like, I'm not saying that this is what the reason is, but this video will blow your mind of the meme. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. Like, it's. It's I really, never, really good, man. I and never sorry, heard of this. Just, just to just to go yes. on as well, I'm just buzzed about it. Um, that when he goes, I met I met a girl that sung the blues and asked her for some happy news. She just smiled and turned away. It's about like Je- Je- um, Janis Joplin and the mate. Just just watch it. It's it's really good. All right,
3: maybe I stand corrected. Although when I was reading through your list of favorite you know songs, sort of influences, I didn't know this guy Labyrinth. I didn't know the song Jealous. I listened oh. to. I go that that is a brilliant song. I'll, I'll play a little bit.
2: Off the rain.
3: Jealous of the rain
2: that falls upon your skin.
3: That falls upon your skin. This is a love
1: song. Like it's this guy cannot bear. My hands Do you know? It's. I, I. I. think it's about his dad. Is what? Is what I is heard? Is it? Yeah. Jealous think, of the I d- rain. I don't know if that's. I. I, I heard that from. So I didn't. I didn't hear that from him, but I heard that from someone. And I. I always thought it was a love song, but I think it's. I don't think it's about what we think it's about.
7: So,
3: so jealous of the rain that touches your skin, that was. jealous than I can be, yeah. Yeah, the, the rain is closer to you than than when I touch your skin, and I, oh, so it's about the love of a father. Oh, yeah.
1: wow. Well, I that's think, even heavier. I, I think so. This is from I. I haven't heard this from him, right? I actually haven't spoken to him about 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 it. But that that I think is the best song of the 21st century by far.
3: You do a thing too that Billy Joel was talking about. Like there, you'll hear a song from an artist and say, "You know, I want to write a song like that." Like you were heavily influenced by "The River" by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and you and you heard this. He said, "I want to write a song that's like The River.' I need to do this, and I get that. That's like, oh, that makes sense. It's like painting. I want to paint a a, a painting like Friedrich did of uh, well, you know, doing sepia. The,
1: I mean, I mean, this is the thing about about. Art and and music is you're inspired by the things that have come before you. I mean, no one, no, like no one in the 70s is having an original thought because they're getting nope. inspired. I mean, there's, there's different production methods, but in terms of like songwriting, songwriting, um, it, so ev- what was the ev- song?
3: What was the song you wrote that sounded to you like a Bruce Springsteen, the river?
1: So it wasn't so much, it wasn't so much the river as, as, as a whole, uh, it was right. more the Nebraska album, I know the river's not on um, Nebraska, but it was more the Nebraska album was inspiring, just from the what he said, I went to go and see his Broadway show, and uh, the, him telling the stories around them is super interesting as well but he writes a lot from the point of view of his hometown and the people he grew up with, and and their and their stories, so mine, I think I played it when I was on your show the um, uh, the, when I was sixty years old I broke my leg
2: I was running from my brother and his friends. Tasted the sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rode. We were younger then. Take me back to when I found my heart and broke it here. Made friends and lost them through the years. I've not seen the roaring fields in so long. I know I've grown, but I can't wait to go home. You know, like a proper like
1: hometown. Yeah, I get it song. now.
3: Now I get yeah. it. You know, I love you with just your guitar. And I got to get to you singing because you're going to sing two new songs. But um I love when you just do that. I mean, I think you, without a band stripped down, is about the best experience to hear. Ed yeah, Sheeran.
1: and I think, you know, I think I probably will. Do that. I mean, I get a lot of pushback when I put out records now because it's people don't like the production and they're like, why can't you just be stripped and acoustic guitar? But like, that's what everyone expects me to do. And that's what I don't want to do. I want, I want to do stuff that makes me ex- yeah. excited. And I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying I won't do a stripped down album at, at some point, but kind of when I've done that, then what's next? You know? So explain then people- to me,
3: you got to tell, make me understand this. Maybe I have it wrong. So you're getting ready to do Saturday Night Live yeah lauren says now this is what i read i you, you set me straight lauren says to you lauren michaels the producer said i Live. hey ed if you're coming on you got to bring your band you can't come on yeah. and just do your you know just well that do was your the guitar. first
1: time that was the first time i played it so i totally yeah. get that and he was actually he actually let me uh do a loop pedal this time but i can't do it because of my quarantine i was basically meant to go in and rehearse it with a loop pedal but now because of my quarantine, I can't. So I am doing it with with a band. But I would have gone on and do done the loop station basically.
3: Oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Because I'm like, who's going to tell Ed Sheeran at this point in his career that he should play with a band? Go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? I was getting a little well, I uh, worked enjoy, up mate, about. I
1: it. enjoy that though. I enjoy doing stuff different. I just did a, a, a tiny desk gig with a band, and it was so so fun to do. And I do I do enjoy doing it. But this is the thing. Like if I'm a if I'm a one di- di- dimensional artist and you say you really like me with acoustic guitar, right? So if that's the only thing I do, eventually, that gets a bit tiresome. Right, And And my my first album was that, and my second album was partly that, and my third album was a little bit that. And now my fourth, like, me putting out a song like Bad Habits scares my fan base, and they go, oh, we don't know what we think about this. But if I'd have just come out and done... Castle on the Hill again, or A Team again, or like whatever photograph again. Like eventually, that gets tiresome, and people stop being interested. And I, I love, I love the idea of be, still being able to do things that uh don't make sense to people. Because I, feel, I feel like a lot. I, feel, I don't think Shape of You makes sense to people. I think there's there's a lot of people that are confused that I had a song that you could play in a club because I'm not. I don't make songs that you can play in a club. I make as you said, like acoustic songs. So I I love being able to do things and fit in different boxes.
3: Well, I was talking about my two favorite songs from the new album, uh, Visiting Hours and uh, First Times. Um, Just so fucking beautiful and meaningful. I never, you know, even that that lyric about Wembley Stadium, I just, I'm like, how do you turn that into a lyric? And you did it, you know? Um, Thank you. It's pretty crazy. But um, we were going to play um, uh, Shivers from uh, a yeah. new album let's talk about that song for a sec um one of those that just came to you real quick
1: mm, kind of no i had the chorus of it um but i wrote this when the divide tour finished and i had the chorus of it and it was basically i wanted to capture the excitement of the first time that you would hang out with with you know the f- f- first time you feel uh, a spark basically rather than um you know a lot of my songs are about sort of this endless true love and i'll i'll love you for the rest of your life it was more more about the excitement of the first instance of it, moment basically. yeah that
3: that heat that you're you're hot Precisely, for each yeah. other all right yeah. this is called uh shivers this is uh ed ed sheeran
2: I wanna kiss your eyes I wanna drink that smile I wanna feel like I Like my soul's on fire I wanna stay up all day and all night Yeah, you got me singing like Ooh, I love it when you do it like that And when you're close up Give me the shivers Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over Then we'll bring it right back Say, ooh, I love it when you do it like that And when you're close up Give me the shivers Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over Then we'll bring it right back to the car On the back seat in the moonlit dark Wrap me up between your legs and arms Oh, I can't get enough You know you could tear me apart Ooh. Put me back together and take my heart I never thought that I could love this heart Oh, I can't get enough Mm, you got me feeling like, I wanna be that guy I wanna kiss your eyes, I wanna drink that smile I wanna feel like I, like my soul's on fire I wanna stay up all day and all night Yeah, you got me singing like, ooh, I love it when you do it like that And when you're close up, give me the shivers Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over, then we'll bring it right You're closed up, give me the shivers Oh baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over, then we'll bring it right back But you burn so hot, you make me shiver with the fire You got this thing we started, I don't want it to stop You know you make me shiver Uh uh baby, you burn so hot You make me shiver with the fire You got this thing we started, I don't want it to stop you know you make me shiver yeah you got me singing like Ooh, i love it when you do it like that when you're close up give me the shivers baby you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks and when they say the party's over then we'll bring it right back say
3: That's good. Man, you just don't stop writing good songs.
1: Thank you. You're insane. <laughs> like a mad genius over there. I do if- I I do Write a lot though, Howard, and a lot of them are very bad. My manager's sitting right here, and he's sort of nodding <laughs> along <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I send him I send him songs, and I'm like, "This is the first single," and then I just won't even get a reply, and I'll be like, oh, "He knows." Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the
3: the you, uh, I read that you wrote 17 versions of that song. I don't I don't even comprehend that. What do you mean 17 versions?
1: No, no, no. Song? I didn't write I didn't write. So there was because that song was done so early in the album process, um, and this happened on photograph. um on my second album and this happened on um i would say perfect as well on divide and you need me on my first album when songs are written so early in the process and the album sort of shifts in its you, you know styles and production and blah 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 then the first song that you sort of finished for it constantly shifts as well so every time i'd go now this is the direction of the album shivers would get reproduced a little bit you know ah, and then okay so the the final version of shivers was made as we were mixing the album down. So the album is going to print in like three days, right? It's going to uh, get printed onto vinyl. And it's only in that moment that we go, this production doesn't work. And Fred, who had worked on um, some of the other... So I, I did uh, Shivers with uh, uh, Steve, who I did Shape of You with, and and, and 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 Johnny. And Steve had done 16 versions. And Fred basically did took the 16th version and added some elements of it that would uh that sort of fit with overpass graffiti and bad habits and blah 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 so it it flowed a bit better essentially it's so real important was to
3: you that the song matched the album in a way there's a vibe to the album it's got to have the right vibe it's all got to kind of yeah. work together.
1: which is why yeah. do, and i don't want people to like think i don't i i love shape of you but it's why i found it so difficult to put shape of you on the album is because i'd i'd crafted this thing that flowed and then suddenly it was like and here's a marimba and here's singing about going to the club and blah 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 you know like it it just for me it just felt out of place and now i listen to the record and actually there's a lot of things on divide that it's quite a schizophrenic album it's like this style and this style and this style and this style but with this album because it was all made really under one roof with the same people there was uh essentially a thread that went that went through it and i didn't want any song to sort of stand out like a sore thumb basically you know, uh, I'm glad you're going to do this song "Bad Habits" too from the new album. Can because, I, can, uh, I sh- can I shift? Actually, I wanted to play another song. since you ooh. just said about the Springsteen thing, I want to because "Bad Bad Habits" has been out about five months now, so I want to be, be able true. to play something else. So I wrote uh, a song with, uh, with 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 Johnny. The first he moved into my house uh, when lockdown hit, and uh, we essentially lived there for. I mean, yeah, I mean, like four. But months. You two are married or something, you and Johnny. Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of joke about that sometimes because, I mean, he, no. we, we lived together for the whole of, um, multiply me making that. He moved to the States and I, I toured with Snow Patrol basically. And that's how I met him right. for the first time. And then when the tour ended, he moved in with me in Nashville and then we moved to Los Angeles. And then a similar thing on divide. He came and lived at my house, but this one was a, you know, Cherry had just got pregnant and he was pretty much there for the whole of the pregnancy. I mean, he's, Cherry he like, does cherry ever turn to you and say, look, I, I like Johnny and everything, you know, but Jesus Christ. Well, this is what, this is what's what, well, he wasn't living in the house. He was living next, next door. Um, and okay. he's very much the type of person who like, he kind of keeps himself to himself. So like, every, we'd yeah. be like, right, let's, let's, let's have, let's have dinner. But largely he likes his own space and his own, his own time. So we never, I mean, cherry adores him, like adores him. Um, yeah, I
3: like that guy. I I've hung with him and, uh, you know what I always say to my wife afterwards? I go, you know, he's not a pain in the ass. He knows when to leave. And, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I, you know, he, he knows when you've had enough of him. He's not the kind of guy that just sits there all day. Uh, yeah, I like
1: that. How many people do you get that come to your house that are a pain in the house that just stay there and go? Oh, too many. Like, I, I sometimes get up and leave. Ellie downstairs.
3: Yeah, I get up and leave. <laughs> I say, here, go ahead. Go throw a bowling ball. Leave me out. That's it. It's <laughs> the end of it. But, 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 uh, Ed. The, oh, so you're going to switch it up? But I was going to say about bad habits, which I thought you were going to do. The reason I like the song too is because I was like, "Oh, so Ed gave up smoking." Ed, gave, you know, your own bad. Ha- I mean, it's about. I think it's a, a love song, a farewell love song to your bad habits, in the sense, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, well, I when 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 my daughter, like, probably like three months before my daughter was born, I got hit with the realization of. Like, I probably open a bottle of wine at like 7 p.m. at night, right? And then whatever happens after that happens. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Mm. uh, and then I got to the realization of like, what if Cherry's water breaks tonight at 8 p.m.? I can't drive her to the hospital and I have to ring someone and then they drive. I mean, I would feel like the worst husband. So, about like three months before, three months before Lyra was born, I was like, right, this is my last day of having it and uh johnny was there actually and we put on rattle and hum the uh um documentary. youtube documentary yeah uh because it's johnny's favorite film and that was the beginning of our day and then the end i won't tell you about the end but yeah it was, it was what happened at the end uh, oh man it was pretty i i think i was kind of not allowed back in the house sort of thing you know It was pretty really how were you it doing it was like a good it was a good send-off it was a good send-off um but uh yeah so so that was like the last time and that was maybe like june um and then Lyra was born end of end of august but that and i sort of was reflecting on that in 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 january because me as a me as a father is very very different to me as not a father as i said like i relish the morning now i get up I, uh, feed, feed my daughter breakfast. I'll go, I'll go in the gym. I'll work out. I'll, we'll then go for a walk around the garden. Like it's like, that's my morning, morning before would be null and void and i'd wake up at <laughs> 2 p.m in the afternoon i'd get a takeaway i'd probably open a beer and then i know. It would just carry on from there so uh my, my, my wife and i always say how do people not get up super early we love the morning we love yeah, like but, starting no, but that I think day the shift i think the shift happens like the the reason that like, this sounds super hippie but the reason the album is called equals is uh, the equals is in between a question and an answer right it's the end of an answer that end of a question and and start of an answer and i really feel like your 30s are when questions start to be answered you're in your 20s like i remember turning 21 and being like i'm a grown-up now but still doing all the like 18 year old shit that you know i would still my 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 meal plan would be fries it would be like right where 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 are we getting (laughs) that that would just be it you know like um and then throughout your 20s you're sort of you're sort of dating and you're finding out what sort of, uh, what sort of food you like, what sort of drink you like, whether you like clubs, because that's another thing. When you're 18, uh, no, when you're 17, you look at clubs as this thing that are going to be the most like, Oh my God, I can't wait to go clubbing. I remember the first time walking into a club being like, this is shit. Like you have to queue <laughs> up 20 minutes to buy a 10 pound pint and then you can't even speak to your friends. And then like, yeah, mate, I just, I just remember it being so, so anyway, you spend your twenties figuring that shit out and then i turned 30 i got married had a kid um and then yeah that was where all the uh questions basically started to be answered and i realized that i wasn't a 26 year old touring but i met you uh well no i I mean i met i met you in 2014 or whatever but when i was at your house was 2015 and that was like peak i was 24 years old going well
3: i said to you at the time i go Ed, you might be an alcoholic. You gotta look at this. <laughs> you know, you really, I mean, you're hitting that bottle really, really heavy and you were smoking and stuff. So like, now you're all cleaned up. You're muscular. I mean, you're like yeah. a, a different but man. Does your, happens, wife, Matt. does your well, wife, does your wife look at you now? When you take your clothes off for your wife and, and it's time to get busy, <laughs> does she look at you now and go, holy shit, Ed, this
1: is like a whole new man um there is a fine balance there because you never want to be the most in shape one out of the two and she is very in shape because she plays she plays hockey but i think she preferred i think honestly she preferred me with a bit of meat on the bones. (laughs) but the thing is i think she likes i think she likes that i'm i'm healthy like i'm not a sluggish individual anymore like i am up early i you know my day is full of stuff i'm not like On tour, I would I would wake up at like two p.m. underneath a venue, uh, and then sort of like hang out, and then go on stage once the sun had gone down, and then play the gig, and then go out, and then fall asleep on the bus and go to the next place. And I just you just don't see sunlight at that point. What a life! You
3: know, I'll brag for you. I was reading the stats on that tour. I'm talking about that two years where you toured, made some crazy number. I was reading. Wait, I wrote it down. I I wrote down. It was like six hundred forty three million bucks. Can you imagine? Could you? I mean, six hundred forty-three million dollars on that tour,
1: and that's just you standing there with your guitar, no overhead, which I like. Well, I mean, people say no overhead, but this, we had like two or three stages that would like hop each other, and maybe two hundred crew that would work. So it right. was. It's not the the number that gets printed is not the number you want. and then obviously there's tax on that. I'm 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 not. I don't want to right. say it wasn't a lot, but no, like you don't that get, number gets printed, and everyone assumes you're like, yeah, you yeah, took I home was, all that money, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I
3: was gonna, it? I was gonna borrow <laughs> some money from you when I heard that. I mean, but you're right; there is taxes and there is the the overhead and all that stuff. So if you're not, I feel to play, so uncomfortable
1: when that when that when that stuff comes up, man, because I've just why because it's uh, you basically. You, I don't know man it's like it's not it's not what you do it for and the more that that gets printed the more people think that I do it for that so people go oh you toured so you could beat U2's record of highest attended highest grossing and that we just toured and then one day they said hey by the way you beat you beat this record and we just loved playing shows and I think the more and more it gets painted out that uh, you know, in, in England, they have this, uh, this thing every year where they print people's, what, what they've earned Income, their, and their, yeah. and their net worth. And the more and more that that gets banded around, banded around, the more and more people think that I do it for that. But it's, that is just something that comes because I love doing it so much. Like I, I, I played I, 260 I, shows on that tour, you know, cause I, I, love-
3: I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more because when I see something like that about myself, I go, wait a second. I was born with nothing. No one was banking on me to become a hit on the radio. I would have done it. I was doing it for $200. I was doing it for $96, you know, a, a week, a week.
1: And you would so have done it, it for free.
3: Yes. So it implies that, oh, you know, you know like, like, like you were born a Kennedy or something, and uh, this kind of <laughs> happened to you. No, it's all quite by accident in a way. There's no, there's no master plan. Most times you think, well, I really never expected to make a dime. And that's yeah. the truth. So, what song you want to do from the album? That to, or I
1: wanted to play. Well, just only because you brought up the um, the spring scene thing. But I want to play a song called uh, "Overpass Graffiti," which I, I think is the probably closest to that on on this on this record. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. Um. This is a
2: dark parade. Another rough patch to rain on. To rain on i know your friends may say this is a cause for celebration hip hip hooray love photographs and sepia tones so still the fire's barely fighting the cold alone there were times when i could feel your ghost just when i'm almost letting it go hearts were stacked against us both and i will always love you for what it's worth we'll never fade like graffiti on the overpassing yeah. i know time may change the way you think of us but i remember the way we were you were the first full stop love that will never leave To break it Or leave us tainted No, I should walk away But I just can't replace us Or even erase us The car was stuck, the engine stopped And both of us got caught out in the snow Alone There were times where I forget the lows Think the highs were all that we'd ever known The cards were stacked against us both I will always love you for what it's worth We'll never fade like graffiti on the overpass, yeah I know time may change the way you think of us And I remember the way we were You were the first full stop Love that will never Love that will never
3: Beautiful. Jesus. So much goes into a song. You know what I was thinking as you were playing that? I remember like um, I was watching some documentary or something on on Bruce Springsteen again. And it it was like the original. They played the original song that he wrote for like Born to Run or whatever it was. And then you hear that when they get into the studio and they come up with an arrangement. It's like you write that, and then you got to arrange it, and it's got to tap into what millions of people are feeling.
1: And it can do anything. It can. I mean, the original version of this of this song actually was um, like way more power ballad, and it was a bit more. I will always love you for what it's worth. And the production ended up. We were in the studio, and it just worked out that it was, and it just made the song be two things. You know, I can now play this song in in two different ways but there's you know there's a lot of what i find uh like pop music is pop music because it sounds like pop music but there's a lot of pop songs that are produced in a very very cool indie way that then are cool by you know the fact that they sound cool but actually they are pop songs there's a lot of bands like in england's bands that i love where their songs could nest they could be like massive One Direction songs, but they just they're just produced in a way. So you can really, really shift a song in the
3: production of it. Hey, like, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be an interesting project? Like if you took classic songs and reinterpreted them to either turn them into pop songs, like even take like a metal song and turn it because you're right. You could almost go yeah. in the studio and take any good song that people respond to.
1: And change it into a whole different genre, right and it changes it changes people 's perception of a song like if i if I came out with this song right, and it was just me acoustic p- guitar and a piano, and it was I will always love you for... like really gentle and it 's got loads of backing vocals that instantly is this sort of it is like a, a, a Nebraska thing, and then suddenly people that are into that get plugged plugged into it, but sometimes I feel with with songs. Uh, especially songs that that i do i people can almost get turned off it instantly by hearing a tuff, 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 and they instantly go okay it's it's that but actually underneath uh, underneath production is 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 always a song and that's what lives on i learned this from uh rick rubin i made my uh, a, a lot of my second album with uh rick rubin and he was saying to me about a band that came in with him and uh they played him all the songs and they've got all the effects and all the guitar pedals and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds amazing. And then it, they stop and he goes, right, there's a piano and there's a guitar. Play, play me those songs acoustically. Let's see if they're actually good. And they did. And maybe there was like two songs that they ended up keeping. But that's the test, man. It's it's not. But sometimes like a, a way a song sounds can take it two places. But if underneath it, the song isn't great, then. Yeah, because when I was hearing you play
3: that, I said, you know what? With the right arrangement, that could be a huge anthem. That song, that song could yeah. be like. Well, uh, I hope
1: I hope we've got the right arrangement. I mean, that's. The... <laughs> I'm sure you
3: did. I mean, you know I what hope you're we've doing. We've
1: got the right arrangement. But yeah, Listen, I before found a... Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, I, no. I, I was just going to say, uh, like, I, I find on on this on this record, like, uh, because because I am an acoustic act, I find my fan base are often listening to this record, hoping, like, wishing that I could have made it acoustically. But the thing is, like these songs will all live acoustically and all the live versions that then that then come and it's quite nice to have try different things basically and 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 different styles i never want to get boring i like yeah but but also having me on your show you know if i'm just making the same album over and over again you're absolutely right you're absolutely right would you ever
3: consider putting out two versions of one song on an album
1: like i would think that'd be interesting I'm going in and doing this, this whole, I wanted the album to live for a bit before, before I did it, because I don't, I don't want, I, I want people to know the songs, but I'm going in and doing, uh, all the songs in one take. Um, and just, get, I'm going to walk into a studio and there's the album's 49 minutes long. I'm going to go in and I'm going to play the entire album, one take on acoustic guitar, chop it up that day and then put it out two weeks later. And then that'll live like, like that. But this is my point. And then you have two, two versions <laughs> of something that, that you can listen to. If you only do one, then that's all people live with you know
3: and don't you think that uh, the perfectionist and you you really think you're going to be able to go in there and in 49 minutes cut that thing and not touch it and not do any kind of uh, overdubbing or anything
1: well i've learned over the years that the magic is in the first take the, right. the so many times on my records i try and re-record so like on shape of you it's the first vocal i vocal i put down Thinking Out Loud is the first vocal I put down. Perfect is the first vocal I put down. Um, A-Team is the first vocal I put... And uh, you would go back in and go, right, now let's do the real vocal, and it's never the same. So I am confident that I could walk into a studio, record it, and any, like, fuck-ups that I make are the magic of the first take. Because also, I can't call it one take if it's not one take. And I want... I actually want... To, I want my mate Nick, who does all my film, I want him to walk in with me with a camera, film wow. me, one take, done finished and i think that's the ma- that's the magic of it no one wants to hear something that's been uh done a, a million times a million no time. i like some of
3: the imperfections sometimes you know but one of my favorite albums is uh four-way street crosby stills and ash and those guys hate that album because they don't think it's one of their best concerts and i love it because it's not so perfect it's them fucking yeah. up a little bit too i love it um
1: you know you, you know that album four-way street no i don't, I don't. i'm i'm, Check I'm that starting out. to get yeah i'm gonna write i'm gonna write that down
3: yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, 4 Street. It's so good. I think you're going to love it. Can I ask you a couple of real quick questions? Because I know I'm going to lose you in a second. Just real quick. On this song, this is an old song of yours, okay? Here you go. Remember this song?
2: So oh, yeah.
3: I, I just recently read what that was about. I had no idea. That is a dark fucking song, man. I mean, you were dating a chick... You're downstairs at the bar, and your friend takes her upstairs
1: and bangs her behind your back. Do I have that right? Did I? You know I what, mean man, I mean that's like uh, that's Now that the the event of that was eight years ago, and right. everyone has moved on with their with their life. I don't want to <laughs> open a can of worms. Oh, there. oh gotcha.
3: Um, I gotcha, gotcha. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, <laughs> but that's what it's, it's about. D- d- but do you know what, I was what I was twenty two? Like what this is? This is what happens when you're. 21 22 18 like like my my first album there's lots of things in there that i i made lots of mistakes as a kid and yep, everyone around me made too. lots of mistakes this is this this is my point about your 20s your 20s are a lot of questions of like who like what like what's what what's going on and you and you make little fuck ups hey. every now and then but you learn from from it so i'm i'm very much like i i i'm 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 no angel you're no angel my wife, Cherry, is no 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 angel. We've all had... Cherry, Cherry is an angel. Stop it. How dare you? No, no, I know. That's no, going to be the headline. But-
5: <laughs> my, <laughs> well, point is,
1: my point is, early 20s, lots of stuff happens that you look back on when you're 30 and you go, I would have done that differently.
3: Ed. The, the reason I like that song so much is that happened to me every day. Never mind once. Come on. <laughs> Everybody was behind my back banging somebody I was with. I'm telling you, man. It was a real nightmare. Let me ask you about this one because I was watching the video of it last night.
2: So honey now.
3: That woman you're dancing with in this video, and I know you didn't like in the beginning being in your own videos. And then you yeah. were you know, you realize, hey, I gotta appear in my own videos. First of all, I thought you did a real good dance with her. It was very fucking erotic number one so i think
1: t- i think that 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 sorry to, just just to say with, with with um Brittany the dancer like she and paul who taught me they basically came on tour and taught me the dance and they made a dance that she basically did all the heavy lifting as it were so she right. can make it look really 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 good like she's a really talented dancer and i just had to learn where to put my hands and there's some lifting in there but she she's basically doing 95 percent of the work and it, Brother, I
3: I thought it was very sexual. I'm telling you, that is some dance. That's called Dirty Dancing. I am telling you, that is a nice
1: you know, I little watched, dance. Uh, for the first time the other day, Dirty Dancing, my <laughs> wife got me a um, a poster of all the hundred best films and you scratch them off, like yep. every single one. And that was, uh, that was one. Have you seen, um, Oh, God, I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong. Um, They made a remake of it with Brian Cranston and um Kevin Hart. Is, is it uh, the, uh, in, in the um, it's I have Yeah, French, no. I
4: forget. Uh, yeah, I don't it's know right. how to so say it either. <laughs> it's so good.
1: It's so good. Anyways, <laughs> yeah.
3: But I, I was fascinated by that because, A, I think you're doing a good dance. I understand she's doing the heavy lifting, but you know it's a very erotic video you know it's uh it took some balls to do that you can go horribly wrong with videos you could end up looking like a fool especially dancing and uh
1: you know i've never um i was never in my music videos before that if you look at my the videos i had before that the a team i make a two-second cameo in it you need me i make a two-second cameo in it uh (laughs) lego lego house i get rupert grint to play me i make a two-second cameo give me love (laughs) I got Isabelle in that and they'll make a two second cameo. And then in sing, I got a puppet made of myself. So I didn't have to be in it. And then when it came to thinking out loud, don't as well. I'm not, I'm not in the video. And then when it came to thinking out loud, it was such a big song in my mind that I was like, I want to give this the biggest chance it can. and I need to have a viral moment. How can I have a viral moment? Everyone thinks I can't dance. Let me dance. Let me know. So Brittany and Paul came on tour with me for, I think about six weeks on tour and they taught me for like 2 or 3 hours a day and and let me tell you about getting in shape i've never been in more shape than that like i you was you look good in it you look oh, fit. well cuz i'm doing literally lifting at like every every single day but and anyway i learned i learned i learned it and i wanted to make a video that people would watch it and go this is so weird that this bloke has learned how to dance i have to share this i have to send this to someone and because the song was good behind it Then it picked up um, traction. So, and that was the first time I was in a music video properly. And then since then, it sort of proved that if I'm in my music videos, um, the song will be bigger.
3: I think. Absolutely, you've got to be in the video. I cannot stand when the artist is not there singing. It drives me crazy. I don't like. I I don't
1: like the way I look though, Howard. Like I don't want. You look great. No, I know, but I don't. I, I look at me, Ed. Look at me. Look at look I, at my face! How dare so, you complain so, about you? I look so, like I've, I've been in a crash. So when someone when someone does a photo shoot of you, right, to, and then no. they go, "Do you want to go through the pictures?" Like you can't. I look great in this, so that's why I don't like music videos because you shoot this thing and then someone goes, "Hey, what do you think?" And I want to say, "I don't like it" because I don't like the way I look. So I just don't really watch it.
3: I just do you I just, know how, just, how much I relate to that Ed. I I went up, when my movie came out. We put out the soundtrack album and the main song, in it was done by Perry Farrell. And uh, the the, the Jane's addiction guys, they you know gotten back together. We shot a video. I looked at me in the video with those guys. I made them edit the whole fucking thing. I took myself completely out. The director quit. Everyone. Yeah. Don't
1: don't oh. ask your opinion. Like I say to this when before I go in for photo shoots because I don't want the uh, I don't want the photographer to think that I'm like a really moody dick. But I'm I go in and I'm just like, dude, like I promise you like i the, i'm not being off because it's anything to do with you i just don't really like doing this and at the end of the day don't show me anything and just uh, you you choose you choose what you it, want it's the i've worked on
3: my psychiatrist i go i don't know what's wrong with my face i can't stand my wife took a picture of me the other day i said you must delete <laughs> this it is so horrible and in fact all the years that i did publicity photos and stuff i have one angle i turn my head to that thing i don't smile and it's the same picture no matter where i am because it's just the most painful thing and I swear to you I don't know how you ever can get over that once you see yourself like that it's just
1: you know. I think that that's do you know the 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 thing that sort of not comforting but is that everyone is the same the most attractive people that I know in the world <laughs> right. are just as insecure as I am so everyone's the same everyone's the same I you know you'll be you'll be with people and they'll take a picture of like a big group Someone will look at it and be like, no, 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 we have to take that again. And in my mind, I see that and I'm like, oh, it's not just me, you know, like, and, and you're saying this now. So I just think everyone, everyone's the same, basically. And I think if you're not, it's a bit weird, you know, if yeah, you but, suddenly are yeah. like, oh my God, I look amazing.
3: I know. <laughs> I don't know anybody who thinks they look good, but it's by the way, when I saw you recently after you've been working out and everything and and you know, getting in shape, I, I said to my wife, look at Ed, he's like a That's sex true. symbol, but it's also weird because when you start becoming successful and making money, suddenly you do become better looking in other people's eyes, you know, it makes oh, me, little... I
1: didn't, I, th- I got, I got fatter and more unhealthy as soon as I, cause you, <laughs> cause you start, you still having to make an effort. You start, you start. By yeah, the way,
3: I got to tell my audience before you go, cause I know you got to leave and I've kept you long enough, but my favorite thing you did. I love it. Ed wrote a Heinz commercial. He loves Heinz ketchup. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you could see this online. He wrote, and uh, uh, the Heinz, the people at Heinz Ketchup, he said, I got an idea for a commercial for you, which is weird because here you are a successful uh, musician, rock star, and most guys don't do this, but I thought this was a great move. He said, I wrote the commercial for you guys. Do you want to do it? And they said, yes. And it's not so just put I, in Ed Sheeran. Yeah.
1: I get, I get uh, offers a lot. And um, my manager sitting here, like he, he knows we get offered to do big campaigns for big brands and you know, like lots and lots of money to be in an advert and take a sip of a drink or like do. And I just don't like the idea of selling anything that I don't like truly love or believe in. But Howard, when I tell you I love ketchup, like I have a bottle of it in my bag at at all times. And I've always said there's, there's also a drink in England called uh, Robinson's Fruit and Barley. And I've always said if I'm ever going to do an advert, it's going to be Heinz ketchup or Robinson's Fruit. Fruit and barley. And I've joked that there is a, there's a footballer, an ex-footballer in England called Gary Lineker, who's the face of, uh, Walker's, um, potato chips. We call them crisps. I feel really uncomfortable saying chips. Uh, and he, every year he does like a different, uh, advert. And I said, I want to be the Gary Lineker of ketchup. So, uh, I <laughs> sort of had loads of ideas for an advert and I had, or a commercial I had, and I just contacted one of them with, with a voice note and I just sent my voice note. And then they just created this pitch. To the voice note and got back in touch and said do you well wanna, it's great do you want to do it ed goes into a really i'm doing another ed goes, one now are you for heinz yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Ed, i want ed... i basically i, I want to do one every single year now i love it i love it
3: <laughs> ed does a commercial where he goes into this really fancy restaurant like think top line restaurant john george or something like that the chef is looking at him and he brings out they bring out this gorgeous array of food ed reaches into his bag as he's sitting at the table and starts smearing ketchup, Heinz ketchup, pours the bottle all over this food, and the, this, the, the chef, the chef looks like he wants to kill himself. It's really this funny. to me. Like,
1: this is why. This is why I wrote the advert. This happened to me, and this happened to me. And how? What would you do, right? So I, I understand there are some really great restaurants out there, and you don't need ketchup for them. If you're having steak and chips, fries, right? You're having steak and fries, and they bring them, and they refuse to bring ketchup for the fries. What do you say? Like ketchup eat. is your ketchup is not too good for this restaurant you are too good for ketchup <laughs> you know what i'm like
3: kind you. of obsessed with the, the products like ketchup because you think about it this guy built an empire heinz you know off of the ketchup and what's so crazy about it is you know what he said you know where i make my money he said i don't make it on on the ketchup you put on your steak it's all the ketchup they throw out you ever notice that there's just tons of fucking ketchup you don't like eat up all the ketchup you pour a whole bunch out and then you have a you know you have a little bit of it But it's, he relies, yeah,
1: that's it. Mate, I, I got to Pittsburgh, um, on my, I was playing, um, the, who's the, is it the, who's the big, is it the Pirates? They're the, the baseball team? The football team, yeah. Or, Uh, Pirates are the baseball team. team. I think, I think we played the, the the baseball stadium, but I got there and I went to the Heinz Museum with my (laughs) mate. I mean, that's how I, (laughs) that's how I are You're you're too (laughs) much yeah Uh, but you know so so this is a trick i know we're sort of bigging up heinz a lot here uh, heinz if you're listening (laughs) but what was i going to say on the little bottle there's a 57 right and that is where on the glass bottle that's where you karate chop it and that's how you get it out everyone thinks you hit the end of it but you hit you hit the 57 and that's that's what they told me because i wanted to do the advert with a plastic bottle and make the fart sound because i thought that'd be so much funnier in the advert just having a (laughs) all over the food and then they were like no we don't There's yeah they just don't do um plastic bottles in uh adverts anymore which is good
3: you hit the bottle midpoint and
1: that'll that, you, hit oh, wow. you hit it on the 57 like like a, like a karate wow. like no a karate kidding and it comes
3: out <laughs> yeah well at my house you didn't pull out any uh ketchup bottle i thought you would but uh you didn't you were uh
1: there's time there's times and 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 places no your know your audience you know i'm You're not gonna good behavior.
3: <laughs> well listen oh, we man. celebrate ed sheeran um I, I gotta let you go because i've already kept you 17 hours uh ed's new album equals it's a fabulous album you got to listen to it it's available ed did a couple of tunes but um uh maybe even after i hang up with you i'll i'll play a little bit more of it uh but uh equals is now available wherever music is sold you got to listen to ed on sirius xm hits one he's on there all the time but uh congratulations on everything i'll watch you on saturday night
1: thank you for having me on as well and um man it's always such a pleasure i really the first time i came on your show i was really uh just you're just so good at interviewing and and it just always flows it never feels like bullet pointy if that makes sense and do you know what i found after doing your show for the first time is wherever i went in america every single day there would be one person going love you on stern every single day and then i and then i mentioned that in an interview and then more and more people just start coming up to me and going love you on stern
3: yeah that's so great that turns me on more than anything i I just was talking to brandy carlisle she she said to me i she went to the rock and roll hall of fame she inducted uh somebody and uh she wrote me a text and she said um hey howard i just gotta gotta let you know rock and roll hall of fame is great and was fun she goes but everywhere i went Everyone at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came up, and said, "Hey, I loved you when you were on Howard Stern." I said, "You can't. You, that turns me on so much because I love musicians yeah. and I love uh, exposing them in a way where they but get to be this themselves." Is,
1: this is why this is why it's good because people know that you love musicians and you ex- expose them in a way that they get to be themselves, which is they listen to it. And I do so many interviews around the world and so many radio sessions, but I know that me playing Overpass Graffiti on your it's on you know, your, your, your show, it's not a box tick of we've had Ed on and he's done a live session, therefore we're going to play him. It's me, me playing the song and people actually listening to it and being like, I actually dig that, Like rather than it just being on somewhere.
3: Yeah, I mean, the reason I love musicians so much is that as a kid, I was a lonely kid and I sat in that room and I would get an album and I would listen to it incessantly. And, I said, and there was a point where I said to myself, these guys who create such beauty and make me feel something, are more important to me than any religious training I ever got. I never felt anything from religion. But when I listen to music, that's the feeling they're talking about. And so I'm grateful music,
1: for people. Who- it's, you know, it's the it's the only thing that the world can agree on. Like everywhere in the world, everyone loves music. I mean, you do get some odd people that don't listen to, to anything, but music is... It's, it's a they're called assholes. Thing, <laughs> Those are called assholes. I don't, mate, I don't trust anyone that doesn't listen to anything. I find it very, very strange it's disturbing people, i just don't listen to music like not not even like don't listen to pop music or rock music or classical it's just i don't listen to anything i just find yeah. that so odd
3: it's a weird affect all right listen i'm sure you got a busy day and uh hey congratulations on the album it's a beauty thank you so and, much uh, for having
1: me on it's been an absolute pleasure it's, it's great always a pleasure to, you. to have you you're always a great guest you certainly you. are well i'd love to i'd love to uh, i'd love to come back on i'm going to be putting out um another record at some point um is it going to be called minus because that's all you got left <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be in that vein and you know what howard if you want me to do an acoustic record you're in for a treat
3: ah excellent well i'm there for you ed all right ed sheeran everybody go go check out his new album equals bye ed have a good day
4: thanks man bye bye much
3: what a fun guy what a what a talent this guy right? you know
4: uh I have so to many ask hits. you a question when you're when you're done because there's it came up yesterday and today and I think a few other times and I need to ask mm-hmm. you a question.
3: You do off yes. the air, you mean?
4: No, on the air because oh, I think we air. all need an, an explanation.
3: What is the explanation of?
4: What is atelier?
3: Oh, atelier. That's a. Uh, I think I'm saying it right. I hope I am. I don't know that much, but painters. You know, when you talk about painting, some people will say, oh, you have such natural talent. It's like what Ed was talking about. Oh, mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran. Of course, he's talented. You know, he was born with that. And he's not. If you listen, I, you know, I wanted to play that song for you. This is Ed as a teen. He's, he was a teenager. And this is what he... Let me see. Is this it? Is this the song? What's the name of the the, uh, the cut that uh, Ed, he's 11 years old and he put out an album? Somebody give me a heads up. Typical average. Yeah, on. Typical typical song. Song. yeah, yeah. Like, this was Ed when he started out. And, you know, not that...
2: 11
4: that years old. That's nice. great for an 11-year-old sounding right. like that. But the
3: point is, he worked at his craft. And my point about painters, everyone goes, well, oh, this guy was a great painter. No, he wasn't. Um, you take some of the painters that I love, uh, you read about them. Andrew Wyeth, who was considered a great painter. His father was an illustrator, um, and now his son has even uh, carried on in his name. The family is sur- surrounded by art. They discuss methodologies by which you can interpret the world. What do I mean by that? Uh, you see a tree, and if I said to you, Robin, go paint that tree. I did a painting for you of your backyard. And it was your trees and this beautiful little uh, waterway you have back there. But if you said to me, well, go paint that tree, I'd say, if I was if I had never painted before, I'd say, well, how am I going to do that? Maybe I'd draw like a lollipop that kind of resembled a tree right. and put yeah, some green paint. With,
4: you know, yeah. a trunk and, you know, it just wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't fit anywhere. But there is a definite
3: calligraphy in the same way you learn to write with your, with your script. There's a definite calligraphy to interpret that tree in your backyard. But unless you learn that, unless someone exposes you to that, unless you start to even look at how other people interpreted trees, you would never be able to paint a tree. And and so when I say that, uh, you know, this painter or that painter years ago, they basically a famous artist would hire a bunch of young artists who didn't have much experience, and he would let them paint for him, and he would teach them, and in return for them helping him with his paintings and and doing some, you know, kind of grunt work, they would get their training. So everybody's had training. Everybody learns this calligraphy. It doesn't happen. Okay, maybe there is once one in a million who uh, didn't have to work hard at it. I don't know. Maybe Michelangelo was self-realized or something. But it's it's all bullshit that when people tell you, oh, yeah, he was born with that talent and he didn't have to develop it.
4: Yes, it, but so, what is specifically an atelier?
3: Atelier. It's where a group of painters paint, and it's usually... One master painter who has okay. his atelier and he's got because a studio you keep using
4: that word like we all know it. Oh, and I'm like I don't like, know what that is. It's
3: like a studio. <laughs> it's a studio, you know, okay, where they paint. Well, that's, and,
4: yeah. You know, if you're going to uh, use it every day, I think I need a little, a little explanation because it's been I, like, didn't even I know. don't think all week you've been using that word. I I don't even I got to ask him what that is because he keeps using it like everybody knows it.
3: And thank God you said it because I'm probably using it wrong. Who even knows with (laughs) me? You know what I mean? Who even knows if I've got it right? (laughs) I just use words and hope for the best.
4: Okay, because I was just like, wait a minute. He used it yesterday. He used it Monday. And I don't know what that word is.
3: And by the way, the explanation I just gave you of that could be totally wrong and full of shit. (laughs) I mean, it's really very possible. But uh you know, don't rely no, on me. You must have learned it
4: somewhere.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I read a lot of uh, books about artists now, and sort of how they got that. Hey, next Tuesday, Emily radikowski is going to be here speaking of uh, books, and uh, she wrote a, a doozy of a book. I'll be talking about that. And next Wednesday, the man himself, Paul McCartney, will be what? here on the show. Paul, Paul's he's going to stop be by on again. Oh my yeah. goodness. He must like uh, us or something that he... he yeah, from, yeah, yeah, no, he 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 thinks we're decent people. Don't tell him anything. <laughs> <go. laughs> he thinks we're on the ball. But, um, yeah, anyway. The Ed Sheeran album, really good. I uh, spent a lot of time... Yeah, I
4: like them. those songs you played, and I like yep. what he just did, yeah.
3: Yeah, very, very good. Cheese. Uh,
4: and, you know, when he talks about putting together a song, you know, it's interesting, because I was watching him on The Voice, as I said, and... You know, it's just interesting with people who have honed their craft the way he has, Yeah, that they can listen to, you know, they might be a great singer, but they're just belting out the song, you know, doing all those runs and doing everything they can. And Ed will always say something like, you know what, sing it softly in the beginning. Yeah. And then do this and then do that. You know, like he even knows how to construct a song so you bring it across in a way that people can relate to it better so it builds. or you'll, you know, you'll showcase what you can do better. Yeah, you don't want to
3: blow your load too fast in a song. You know what I mean? You want to. Or have it be all
4: the same is what he'll say. You know, like if you do it like that, it's all the same. You've got to nuance things and, you know, have it go in different places and be fast and slow and soft and loud. That way you, uh, come across the meaning of the song comes across better and you also keep people's interest through the whole thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw so him on the voice. He's a
4: genius at that, too.
3: Yeah. I meant to ask him about the voice. You know, it's funny. As much time as I spend with a guy, you could ask him a million other You could never have enough time. Never have enough time. You know, that's how we are. We have our daily conversation. It's never enough, Robin. But I <laughs> see it's time to say goodbye. Um, oh, there's a guy calling in from a French atelier, and he's very <laughs> interested in you, Robin. Really? Uh, let him, yes. Yes, sir.
6: Hello, yes, I'm a French atelier uh, for Robin. I want to show you how to draw a tree. Uh, of course, uh, you need to be top topless, and I will, of course, be nude.
3: You want, to treat, uh, tree you tree want is... to treat Robin to a lesson and teach her how to draw a tree?
4: But, of course, he'll be uh, nude. Yes, I, I think grow. I picked
3: up on that. Yeah, why, sir, why would you be nude yes. with Robin?
6: Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, the tree will be my god. <laughs> and she will draw my cock uh, on the uh the ball but, uh it will be harder as she draws, and it will be a challenge to draw the veins and draw the head and draw the balls and uh, when I come I say.
3: Ah, uh, this guy's a fucker. I think this guy. Yeah, I don't think he he's wants to teach you how to He's a little creepy.
4: Yeah.
6: Yeah,
3: I think I know what he wants to do to you. I'll explain it to you later. Okay? I don't I'm think letting, he's going
4: to teach me to paint. Yeah.
3: No, he wants you to do something with his cock. <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right, we got to get out of
3: here, Robin. Uh, you know, blah 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 blah. Till next time, and uh, all that. All right, goodbye.